This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18+, plus. rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, fueled by Guinness, powered by Celery. Uh, the show uh, tonight is called Three Little Birds, very appropriately, and it is Chelsea Fancast number 1108. And I, oh yes, I am Stamford Chidge, and I am joined by his munificence, the uh, wonderful Jonathan Kidd. <laughs> That's a good adjective, Chidge. His oh, yeah. munificence makes me sound as if I've got... Thousands of jowls and an enormous, an enormous kind of sheet that I'm sitting eat in. in a minute. You're going to eat in a minute. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Hello. I need to speak like that as well, I think. Hello, everybody. As long as you don't I'm, get your tits out for the lads, all right? I will. Yes, eat tits out for the lads. Uh, said to a bloke. I was wondering whether that made it um, uh, allowed oh, yeah. if you meant to re mentioned it. Just a bloke. It was definitely it allowed in that context. Definitely allowed in that context. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yes. Anything yeah. is allowed when it comes to the stripy Nigels, mate. Hey, 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 hey. But uh, yeah, we were the uh, the crowd were great as always. A great atmosphere in that, and slightly mad. There was a kind of madness, particularly after the first half. There was a kind of here we go again kind of feel to the whole thing. And uh, reminds me of another song, actually, an old one. We are mad in the head with the north end, not the shed. La, 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 la. Remember that one? I don't remember that one at all. No, I don't. You were sitting in the east middle at the time. I I used to sing two, four, six, eight. Who do we appreciate? Chelsea. That's what I used to sing. (laughs) Anyway. um, Anyway, we've got a a show on tonight, haven't we? Yeah, we've got a show on tonight. We've got a show. We've got a show and... uh, uh, I'm trying to work out who was it originated. Da, 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 you da, did. Da, was it me? Yes. Oh, how pathetic of me. Well, I not how, really. How, no, no, not, that's the wrong word at all. How interesting of me. Yeah. And uh, where did I? Where did I get that from? I don't know. 
Was it was housewife's choice, obviously. But uh, how did Clayton become the housewife's choice? Ah, oh, see that I can't remember. Maybe if we asked him nicely, he might remember. When's he next on the show? Well, I don't know. You tell me. Oh, I wonder. Oh, yeah. Clayton, it's you. You're on the show <laughs> now. How did you become the housewife's choice? I really don't know. I, I, <laughs> I, I suspect it's members of our audience throwing their knickers at the uh, at the screen or the radio or their podcast provider. I don't know, but I'm very happy to be the housewife's choice. Um, hello and good evening, everybody. Hello and good evening to you, Mr. Beerman. How absolutely oh. lovely to see you, JK. Let's throw in some knickers at oh, the screen. Oh, okay. Can you put them back on, please? I mean, I know oh. nobody else can see you, but we can. Thank you. Anyway, it's going to be one of those shows tonight. I can feel it in me bones. Now, uh, as ever, don't forget you can listen to the show live. Live! Every Monday and Friday at half past seven. Apart, of course, from when we're doing it on a Tuesday because the, the brighter people amongst you will will know that there was, in fact, a match last night, which we're going to discuss in a minute. Uh, but anyway, do go to Mixler, which is chelsea-fancast.mixler.com where you can join in the chat by posting on the live chat page, as many of you do. Uh, too, too numerous of you to mention, but all the usual suspects who I love and cherish are in there. Now, you can, of course, follow us on all the socials at Chelsea Fancast. Listen and subscribe on Acast, Spotify, Apple, and all good podcast platforms. And, of course, make sure you leave us... Leave it... Go on, a glowing five-star. I always feel so embarrassed saying that. I mean, you know you know me. I'd laugh if you all said, what a load of rubbish, and you're all wankers. I mean, there are a few who have done that, to be fair. Uh, Cheltel's love child springs to mind. Anyway, uh, also, if you uh, love us intensely, you can uh, celebrate that fact by joining our Patri- Patreon website thing, whatever it is. Anyway, all that does is it entails you bunging us a few quid each month. Uh, and in return, uh, I don't know, I need to think about a few other things I can do, but um, the first thing that I will do is if you want one and you send me your address, I will send you a Kerry Dixon banner, a little mini banner, which is a copy of the one that hangs in the Matthew Harding end. And, of course, you can join our Discord group, and if you join our Discord group, you've basically got Mixler 24-7 without us prattling on, which clearly has to be a bonus. Uh, now, talking Kerry Dixon banners, I, I have today spent half of the day putting banners into jiffy bags in readiness to send the next batch out. So I was as good as my word. I said when I had a week off, I would do exactly that. So uh, they will be arriving in the post uh, sometime soon. Uh, right, after this very short uh, little sting that we like to play, uh, me, Clayton and JK will be talking about the Crystal Palace Chelsea match. Yes, I mean, oh God, I mean, I'm, I'm exhausted after that yesterday, but not least because I had a brilliant day because I got up early and I, I went to see uh, Neil, my mate Neil Beard, uh, one of our, our fan advisory board members and mate for a long, 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 long time. And Harvey had a lovely, lovely lunch. 
And we then spent quite a considerable time in the old King's Head in Borough. And then we went down to Palace. But uh, it was a great day. Really, really enjoyed it. Um, and saw some lovely people during the day as well, actually. Again, too numerous to mention. I had a lovely seat, JK, because I was kind of... Uh, you know where the disabled section is? is you know, they basically it's just a, they, they've flattened a bit of the middle of the stand, haven't they? Yes, yes. Well, we were right behind that. And effectively, um, you know, we were in the front row of that, which was basically a wall... And I was in the corner by where everybody comes in. So I was, it was almost like being in the royal box. I was able to wave to all my friends as they wandered, filed past, giving salutations. It was, it was quite funny, actually. I quite enjoyed it. So did I saw loads of people. To, did you need to speak to them or did you just wave? I, I, I waved to a few. I kissed a few. I said, all right, mate, to a few. You know, it was just lovely, really. So I really enjoyed that. But there you go. Um, but anyway, the football, blimey, horrible first half. Horrible first half, JK. My question to you. Because yeah. I, I, I know the answer to this because I wrote it, but I, I think it is down to silver and I feel dirty. I feel evil, horrible saying it because I love the man. But he was the only change from the side that walloped Villa last week and it meant that they defended a lot deeper and not as high up as they did and it meant that everybody was far apart and that Kent, Caicedo and Enzo were all over the place and then we only had one shot on target. I mean, I'm sorry, it... I mean, I know there are other things involved, like Madueki being a dick, but, I mean, it all starts from there for me, mate. Got to be honest. Well, it, it, it may be um, taken out of Silver's hands in that if he was injured, uh, stretching for a block, as he was in, uh, um, early in the second half, wasn't it? Then uh, uh, we will know um, that, it, that it is his fault. Uh, fault's the wrong word. Um because he still does bring some some excellence to the performances. Well, two, did... two two goal saving slash match saving tackles, one of exactly. which he got injured in. I mean, this is Absolutely. the thing. I don't want to be like the the, the 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 you know the Gareth that blames it all on him. But I'm, yes. you know, it's just yes. so obvious to me that he is the one that slows it all down. He is the reason why they have to defend deep because they have to protect him. And as you said, uh, it doesn't uh, stop Madueke from being no. brainless. Absolutely I mean, that right. was a, a bizarre performance from Madweki, who did... It's almost as if he, he, he'd he played well once, so it somehow expected everything to happen around him. The goal was created, if you... I watched it back on television afterwards. Um, uh, I knew that, you know, Casado had fallen over. He actually tried to pass the ball back to Casado, who was lying on the floor at the time, injured. Yeah. And, uh, and um, Lerma then just... And then, then put his arms up as the as Lerma yeah, yeah. or Lama, Lama or Lima, which Lama or yeah, Lima. Yeah. I, I was I was tempted to to say both actually. Okay, but, uh, yeah. let's call him Limal then. Anyway, oh, so he, he, uh, he I, I couldn't uh, catch a goo goo from oh, that. Oh, <laughs> very good. He Ow, didn't catch anything. So hot. He he uh, <laughs> he, uh, he, uh, he, uh, he scored a great goal. But then um, once again, I came back and watched it. I don't know what was in my head. I got back at midnight and just thought, I'll tell you why I watched it. Um, because I see so little of it at the game. Because uh, I, I, there's a part of that um, <laughs> it's, it's away section. It's the six section. foot five stalker you've got, isn't it? Yeah, there's a, bloke, it's a bloke, six foot five bloke in front of me. But also, uh, you can't, if everybody cranes forward into, to look into the left-hand side, look at the the uh, the goal we were defending, you, you can't see anything at all around about the... Um, the left-hand side. So, uh, and if everybody then gets up or leaps about or whatever, you can't see anything at all. So, I actually ended up on the end of my row. I moved. I just thought I can't bear this 
I went that, but then you're then you're prey to that whole process of people just coming and standing at the end of your row and saying and just you know and they go all right mate and they just stand next to you and it's not their row they've just decided they want to to get nearer the pitch and stand lower down and then you then have that that thing of the stewards coming passing can't stand here mate can't stand here and everybody pushes in a bit then somebody else comes and stands next and you get pushed out um but um uh, i managed to grasp in that uh, uh, that that that's why I'd come back to watch all of these. Uh, to watch the, the the flash points in the game, like the, even for example, Enzo's goal. Uh, I was recovering from having been thrown to the ground in the, uh, which we'll get onto a bit later when we talk about Disazi crowd surfing. Um, but uh, by in the in the the throng who decided to push everybody over, and I then and everybody then just stood on the chairs, and I failed to find a chair to stand on. And as a consequence, didn't see Fernandez' goal at all. So I came back to watch telly, uh, to watch it on the telly, and um, uh, it was it was excruciating watching bits of the first half where we just went back to to stage one of just you know th- passing the ball across very slowly. Um, but uh, but as you say, Chich, I, I I still think Madueke somehow felt that he had a kind of um, uh, whether he was he was thinking I'm a I'm now a very good player. I really won't make much effort. Yes, because as you say, when he was gave the ball away, he put his hands up in the air asking for a foul. He did that on several occasions when there didn't appear to be any contact at all, or the kind of contact that Oliver isn't as a referee isn't going to give. You know, I I like Oliver. I don't think he's uh, um, as as bad as the rest of me. He's not as egotistical as the rest of them. Um, but like all refs, you know, there'll come something you think, oh, that was a foul. Oh, he hasn't given it. Oh well, we can't do much about that. Um, but the uh, the fact that we managed to go the whole of the first half with only one shot on goal was a, a real low, wasn't it? And it was a scuffed Connor shot. I mean, it really was. No, it was. It was. It was. Do you know what agon- it was, J.K.? Agonising. Do, do you know agonizing. what it was? It was poor. Well, worse than poor. poor. Very poor. Worse. Worse. Uh, worse Clayton. Than very- Clayton. Yeah. Clayton. 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 Um, you were watching on the old goggle box, I presume. So you you would have had a uh, a, sli- <laughs> a slightly different perspective. Um. Uh, Correct. Having said that, am I am I being unfair on on Silver, who I love? Um, yes. I, go on then. Why why am I being unfair? Because I really don't think I am, and I and I and I do love him, mate. Honestly, because because it, it's as simple as Chelsea versus the low block versus Chelsea against teams that come at them. But if we defend deeper, they can defend lower as well. If we fire up the pitch, then it's more but, pressure on them. But, but yes, I mean, I, I understand what you're saying about Silva being slow but in, in, in bringing the ball out, but was Desazi any quicker? Well, I'm not knocking Desazi. I think the thing is... Well, I'll tell you what, there's one, one sorry to butt in, but there was one difference which I did actually notice because I remember saying this to Dom at the time. Uh, Desazi got the ball. This was definitely the first half. And he 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 had the ball, and he started to run forward. He ran. He made a run. He ran directly up Correct. there. I didn't see Silver do that once. No, well, he doesn't do that. I mean, that's that's just not in his game. But I don't think that you can stick the blame on Silver when there were, with the exception of Malo Gusto. Nine other players out there. Okay, eight other outfield players um, who were awful. They were off their game. You can't you can't point at anybody in that side who 
basically played well in the first half. Absolutely nobody. And um, I don't want to bang on about Madweke, but I, I've got a nickname for him, which I use to my son, um, which is very derogatory. Because Let's hear it. Gonna, what? Let's hear it. I'm not going to say it because no. I think it's very unfair and, you know, but it's not very complimentary. I have seen nothing in the whole time that he's been there that actually tells me that he justifies a starting place in a Premier League club. Although um, he played he played really good against Villa. And he's and he's better than he's better than uh, Mudrick and right. arguably better or Sorry, certainly more threatening. To... And, and, and how low do you want that bar to go? Well, you know, as low as we can have it look, at Chelsea. At, okay. He is a young player, and, and we know with young players, some will have good games and some will have bad games. Mm. You know, and, and they will vary from game to game. Everybody played well against Villa, and I'll give you that he played well against Villa. Mm. But I've said this before on the show, he creates nothing. He's very fast, but you know exactly what he's going to do every single time because, and he's very keen to score, which basically means that he will cut inside and try and shoot and he gets his, his efforts get blocked a lot because he does that and because people know that's what he's going to do. He was culpable for the first goal. If he wasn't fanning about, and trying to do another little twist and a turn, and he just would have got rid of the ball. Palace don't score. Yeah, no, I, I end, totally end agree all. with that. Well, no, I mean, not, he, I, he, he's the embodiment of the team, isn't he? Because he is consistently I'm inconsistent. Not, I'm not, yeah, I'm not putting it down on him because everybody played badly. Both Caicedo and Enzo all over the place gave the ball away time after time. It really, I mean, it was. It, it was just a shambolic performance, and I, I do, I do wonder whether you have to just look at Poch for a minute. And I'm, this is not having a go. Well, it is having a go at Poch, but it, it's like I, I know that when I was on the pod, uh, pod a couple of weeks ago, and we talked about the performance against Liverpool and against Wolves. And it was like, okay, did you not know that they were going to play like that? You know, Palace have got all their best players out. As far as I can remember, for as long as I can remember, and I know that we've beaten them 13 times in a row, but they sit deep. That's all they do. And then they try and hit you on the break. So you have to play in a different way. And I just think that it was just like, oh, uh, what do we do? Well, you do what we did in the in the second half. Mm. You put another person up top, yeah. and you you attack them down the flanks because they got two people up top. They got two people to worry about rather than yeah, one. Exactly, and we got and, what, we got and, wide and more got, effectively yeah, and too. You got, you've got yeah. no centre forward for them to, yeah. to 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 cope with. Yeah. So as much as I lord pop a pot potch for changing it and making the changes both tactically and substitutions to change it and get us a result shouldn't have had to it should have that team that that basically started the second half should have been the team that started the first half because you know 
going back to your initial point, blaming Silver, Silver was on the, on the pitch when we played a different way. Yeah. So how is that Silver's fault? No, I, I hear you. I mean, I, I totally agree with the fact you can't pin it all on him. But I, I, I do find it interesting that one of the best games I've seen us play in years was when we had two quick centre-backs on the pitch. Uh, we had a much higher line. They didn't worry about the fact that they, they had to run back quickly and cover a guy who's 39 years old. That The ball moved forward much quicker. That Enzo and Caicedo were much closer together as a as a midfield too. Um, and because we were playing much higher up the pitch, that meant the defence, the midfield and the attack were much closer together and it worked. I mean, and actually they they didn't play like they they did play like that actually a in the second half. And I agree with you, Clayton. Silver was on the pitch then, but they certainly played. They the best period they had, I thought, was after he went off. Colwell came on. They looked a very different team then. Sorry, J.K., you wanted to say? No, no, I I I, I just I can't in fact remember what I was going to say. Actually, <laughs> sorry, mate. that's okay. <laughs> you're doing very well. But, but, the, but the point is, and 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 I know what you're saying, and you're 100 percent correct because. It was the best that we played for a long time and Silver wasn't playing. Um, and you're right. But if you think about it, you're talking about two different teams. You're talking about Villa, who got probably the second best striker in the league, second or third. Um, and they've got speedy wingers. Palace had nothing. Palace just basically sit back. Although so Villa, Villa, it should have been a game for Silver, yeah, because he's not he's not going to get exposed because there's nothing to well, expose. Well, it. well, one of the things that I mean, you know, if, if Silver brings one thing to the team and always has brought one thing to the team, he, it's like he always it kind of it's like 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 a kind of a 21st century version of Franz Beckenbauer. He's like plays as an old fashioned libero. And what he would do is he would pick out short, long passes, but they would be going forward trying to break the lines. And that's what he was always brilliant at. And I was watching him trying to do that. And because Palace were basically defending with 10 men behind the ball, um, he couldn't. Because every time he would try and do that, somebody would nick the ball off us. And actually, our lot don't help either because they're fucking static. So I did feel for him a bit. Anyway, we we could do a whole show on this, which we're not going to because JK wants to say something. I was just going to remember what I was going to say. Against Villa, we also had a plan, Chidge, because uh, one of the reasons Madweke didn't stink the play sounds he did in the first half was um, because he seemed to be on the on the uh, receiving end of a lot of cross-field balls, and that was his role was to hug the touchline. So he seemed to have a role, which he didn't have against Palace. I think, I, I think we're all in agreement that um, because they play just defensively, um, we don't appear to have the intelligence or imagination to to find a way of playing through them. And to, to be fair to the selection, all right, it was good that Sterling didn't play, um, but he can't play in Kunku from the beginning because they're protecting him. Which yeah, is the big I know. And thing. He had so to play he, Silver because Colwell is only just coming back. Indeed, indeed. Exactly. But Colwell then looked injured. And if you noticed, he, he seemed to be limping about. Well, he, he, he basically got picked oh, um, okay. on the back, uh, back of his foot. So that that is why he was limping about. It wasn't anything muscular. It was uh, he had a, a challenge with that lump that plays up front for them. Um, who sort of they sort of fell on each other. Um, right. Will came out of it. Um, came out of it poorly. But you, you're you're right, Chidge. But you know, if you think about Silver, 
and what he does. Certainly at home, he he basically plays a lot of long balls. Yeah, and he does try and put the ball forward. And I, look, I'm not. This isn't a sort of uh, me just standing here and not agreeing that that things could be better. I mean, the, yeah, I I just think it was a combination of factors, and and basically, it was very interesting um, because. And I'm probably in the minority, but I like Gary Neville. I like his commentary. And he, he was going mad last night at us. Oh, yeah. He was absolutely quoting us. Yeah, he, was I, right. he, was, he, he didn't say anything that was wrong. It no. wasn't like, oh, you're so anti-Chelsea. He was telling it like it was. Yeah. He was saying, what on earth are they doing? This is so slow. This is yeah, so ponderous. Exactly that. No, I, I watched the highlights and he, I, I was watching a bit where he did say that. So to come round, in fact, to to backing um, what Clayton is saying, it, it's surely down to the individuals. And it's also the very fact that when we came and played in the second half, they just upped the tempo. They upped yeah. the tempo. All right, the formation was different, but but they put energy into it. And you suddenly saw a whole different yeah. series of balls being passed much well, more quickly. If that's all it takes... Why the well, that's what I don't understand. Do they not start off? Like I don't that? under. I don't know. I wish I fucking knew, but it doesn't make any sense to me. I think part of the problem is the fact, and and we sort of go back yet again to we're a young team. There's no leaders out there. There's nobody basically getting them and saying, "What's going on? Yeah. Come on, let's pick it up." Is there? There's not one person. You cannot see. Anybody going around shouting? I mean, Connor is the one that sort of injects energy, but Connor just comes over as a really lovely, sweet guy. Mm. Who I don't know. We need I, a few. I, we need a few bastards. We need. We need a couple of absolute arseholes. Well, like there. Rudiger used to be. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, obviously JT before that. Anyway, yeah, it was a dismal first half. Everybody around me was pretty fed up and fucked off with it. To be quite honest, one nil down to Palace was not the order of the day uh and then i mean i didn't bother because i was stuck in that weird place jk it was really hard to get out so i thought well bollocks i'll just sit here fanning about for half time uh and, and waving at your fans I, I did wave to i did give a royal wave to a few assembled throng uh but anyway so anyway they're waiting half time and then waiting and then waiting and then waiting and then they all came back out and they were all kicking balls around in there waiting for the kickoff and they the linesmen were out sorry the assistant referees were out and they're still waiting and waiting. And I turned to Dice and said, where's the fucking referee, mate? He says, I don't know. He's not there, is he? And I mean, honestly, it must have been five minutes. And I said, I bet you he's seven, having... Seven, seven minutes. Thank you. Seven minutes. Yeah. I said, I bet you he's having a shit. I said, there can't be... I said, either something, either something's really, really, really awfully wrong or maybe we shouldn't be taking the piss or he's having a shit. And yet, if that had been the case, something had gone wrong, there would have been all that activity with the one of the assistant referees becoming the referee and then finding a replacement linesman or that would have happened so isn't this just typical of the sport that we love that basically you pay whatever it is i mean obviously i know uh away fans it's limited price how difficult would it have been to announce to the crowd the second half will be delayed because the referee has oh, a why, problem. why would they do that why would they do that Clayton? exactly in the, in the same way that var is checking you know what are they checking we don't know what they're checking you know it's just i well, know pathetic isn't i it? actually said to the people i was standing uh, um, um behind in front of me i said in, in the theater 
somebody says such and such has had an accident halfway through will be replaced by the understudy. They make an announcement. Yeah. I said, said that. And, and then had a conversation about how expensive the West End was, which I thought was quite cultural for... Uh, well, this is, for yeah, for, for, this before, before the, the Chelsea youth trampled on you. Um, anyway, look, <laughs> yeah, so we're all waiting. We're all waiting. We None of us have a Scooby what's going on. And then the, uh, the I don't know what they call them, but I presume, I want to call them a DJ, but they're not DJ. But anyway, somebody in the, in the what, do you know what, do you know what it's called, JK? You know, what would you call it? The man playing the, uh, the, the man playing the music. Records. Yes. All right. Well, we'll just the records. Yes. Anyway, they, they put on uh, Three Little Birds by Bob Marley, you know, don't worry about a thing. Every little thing's going to be all right. And uh, I mean, I wasn't sure. If it was us that that, that kicked it off, but I, I have a suspicion it was. But Chelsea, the Chelsea end, just started really, really going for it and singing it, and and I, well, I and then it kicked. Then the then the actual mat, the second half kicked off, and we kept on singing it, 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 and, singing it, and then Gallagher scores an absolutely brilliant goal, and I, and I, you know the thought occurred to me, and if the thought occurred to me, then you know I'm not a man of original thought, so I would imagine. That the thought occurred to many of the many of us who were there. Oh, we did that. Let's keep singing it. So we did, and it was it was brilliant. It was almost like the old days, J.K. When when we used to go Chelsea, 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 and do it for ages, yeah. and it really caught hold. And then we, they added the Chelsea bit in there, and yeah. it was just brilliant. And I, I mean, I don't know. It's impossible to say, but I like to think that the Chelsea away. Uh, who were brilliant. I mean, I had a load of people who were with me saying that was a really good end, a uh, really good away end last night. Um, they also said so was Fulham and Burnley and Spurs. Funny enough, the common denominator in all that is that I was at all You were there. I'm not, I'm, not, oh, I'm not trying to take credit here. What a positive here. force. I'm, I am positive not trying to take credit. I am not trying to take credit, but obviously it was all down to me. You need to be wheeled out on a sedan chair I and do. just left. Clearly, clearly this is why I was in the equivalent of the Arthur Waite stands royal box. Oh, it's good to know. But uh, I do I seriously speaking, I I I do I do think I do think it had a lot to do with it because you know, Palace fans didn't know what the fuck was going on. They were trying to respond but kept on getting drowned out. I think I think that you know, we we got the goal really early obviously, but I think the players picked up on it and as I said, it went on for intermittently throughout the entire second half. And actually, I've got a clip of it here. So have, have a listen to this for those of you not lucky enough to be there. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. Do you think? Do you think it had something to do with it? I think it was brilliant. What you mean with us playing better? Yeah, I think the players got lifted by it. Nah. Oh, you're such a miserable old scrote. Come on, it had something to do with it. I think they came on. They'd been told by Poch to to press further up. They'd had two centre forwards because Jackson was no longer on the wing and he was now in the middle with Nkunku. And Nkunku's a class act whether he, he does much or he makes some very subtle moves. Uh, Palmer was playing, wasn't playing wing where he gets lost. He was playing much more tucked in behind them. I thought he had a fantastic second half. Um, uh, I'd love to think that the, don't worry, that the uh, the Bob Marley song was um, 
was somehow influencing them, but uh, uh, I think they would have played that anyway, played like that anyway. You're such a I mean, miserable old scrum. I know, I'm a miserable bastard, aren't I? Yes, Chidge. I've, 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 I've got an alternative view. Well, you, you okay. were watching on TV, so I would be very curious to hear what no, it was no, like no, if you were on I TV. Just, I just basically think that, you know, what would you rather the the players hear that or all the abuse that they were getting when we were getting gumped four one at home to Wolves and you know we are shit. It has to have some sort of impact. It really does. And I and I think and I'm I'm not sure whether I'm sort of jumping ahead here, but this thing about oh no, I'll wait till you talk about the the crowd all right thing. Okay. Well well, yeah, let's let's talk about Connor first because it would fit. Um I mean yeah, I think they were all I mean look, they were all pretty shit the first half, let's be honest. Let's not try and sugarcoat this. But second half they were a lot lot better. I totally agree with JK, you know, that it that, that he the way he, you know, he tweaked it. I, I think bringing Unkunku on, uh I mean, you know, Palmer was able to get much more into the game, playing in the position that he's better at. Gusto, uh, who I thought was pretty good all, all through the match, actually, to be fair. He's one of the few that showed up in the first half. But Gusto and Chilwell were able to get wide. Uh, Enzo and uh, Caicedo were closer together. I mean, there's so many things that, that that clearly work well. But Enzo played out of his skin second half. He was gonna, he was all over the place well, in the first half. You know, you know that Clayton mentioned um, Gary Neville. One thing I noticed on the, on the highlights that I watched this morning was that he he actually had some sympathy with with Enzo because he said that Enzo's really trying hard to make passes here, but he's just not quite getting it right. But he he put in a shift. But anyway, Connor, I mean, what the first thing I'm going to say, I thought the two goals he scored, obviously one in 46 minutes, the next one in the 90th, absolutely brilliantly put away. Those were really good. For, I mean, forget the build up for a second, which I also thought thought was very good. I just thought the finishing was superb, JK. Where's it been for the last year? But it was great. Well, that was what he, he that getting into the into the into the box um, or coming in on the edge of stuff was what he was doing before when he was played for Palace and what he did a few times for Chelsea. You just wonder whether his timing was off before because he was trying so hard. I don't I don't know what you know it's to do with the, the the pace of your approach. Has he suddenly got it right? Did he work out? I mean, it was. It was the um, the first goal was a he was exactly in the right place to slot the ball to slot the ball in after um, uh, Gusto had found himself um, put through by um, was it Sterling was the first, was that the second goal I can't remember the second the second goal was Sterling actually that, that brings Sterling me to, running across because I, I, I have to say I groaned when Sterling came on and then he fucked up what should have been a certain goal I mean it was almost Wolves esque yes. and I was yes. absolutely spitting but. Then he, Cred- he made he made the second goal by by sprinting and beating a man and passing. Well, yeah, to- credit where it's due. Um, but Cred- anyway, but Gusto. Oh well, no, hang on a minute. We should give Sterling. Goal. We should give Sterling credit for that. He set up that second goal. No, no, I absolutely agree. You I'm know. saying. Well, I mean, I'm really <laughs> taking that to myself because I was pissed off with him. But hey, but the, the he first did one, well. Gusto found himself on by the on the byline for the first time in the match. Yeah, and he just he centered it beautifully. Beautifully. He's a de- de- he's a decent crosser. He's got better at that actually. Yeah. And you know, yeah. Yeah, I'm I, I'm not yearning for for Reese James as much as I was, mainly because I'm, we won't see him again this season. But it's nice to see that his replacement is actually improving. If there's a player that you think, well, they all need to improve, who has improved, it's Gusto for me when he's stayed fit. But he, he delivered a perfect um, centre for for um, for uh, um, Tonner to, 
to rifle in. And as was was noticed on the telly, once again, when I watched it later, uh, his, his technique for getting over the ball and volleying in was great. So he's up, we know he's got a great shot. So it's, it sort of gets a little bit annoying with all these other shots he has when he scuffs them or he, he laid, puts it high. You know, he's a... He's a he's a very decent player, is Connor, and you want him to improve. You want him to be good. You want him to play well. You want him to score because you know he's capable of that. And when he doesn't do it, you just think, well, I don't understand why you're not applying these skills. But he in the second half, he he was he was uh, as good as he was against Villa. I thought. Totally agree. Um, I mean, you know, obviously one is very pleased for Connor uh, Clayton. Um, I mean, he's now scored three goals in two games, which is lovely to see him scoring again. There was some very interesting uh, stuff. I can't remember where I read it, and I was desperately trying to find it, but can't can't remember where I saw it. I'm hoping uh, I might have it on my... Uh, nope, it's gone. So it was either in The Athletic or The Telegraph, but I think it might have been a Matt Law piece. But, um, you know, they, he, they're they still going on about this uh, Chelsea wanting to, to, to get rid of him. Uh, in the summer, who is, who is they? Chidge? Who huh? is they? Well, who is you know, they? the club is the they. But uh, apparently, Spurs still interested. La la la. But there's an interesting conundrum that the club have got, of course, because he'll have, you know, basically less than a year on his contract come the summer. Um, his value will decrease because he has less on his contract. So I think actually, I think Matt Law or somebody, whoever it was, they spoke to a, a, a sporting director who is not a sporting director either at Chelsea or any of the clubs that are likely to be interested in him. And they said, well, his value will probably be about 30, 35 million, given there's only a year left on his contract. Chelsea won about 50 million for him. But his because of how well he's done this year, he's captain Chelsea for a lot of the season. He's been one of our best players for most. I mean, he's, he's played more minutes uh, and made more starts than anybody else. Poch clearly rates him. So, you know, he should be able to command 150 grand a week. Uh, and certainly other teams will pay him that. Uh, the club might not want to pay him that because they don't want to pay their players what they're worth, yada, yada, yada. So it's going to be a very interesting situation come the summer. But, I mean, my feeling is why the hell would you want to get rid of him? He's clearly been one of our best players. He brings something else to it, which I know is a bit intangible, but the fact that he, he, he he's grown up at the club, he gets it, gets us and all the rest of it, which we all love. You know, it's it's going to be quite a conundrum, I think, isn't it? Well, it's not a conundrum for them because basically we're run by accountants. We're not actually yeah. run by. So if we if he leaves, should we riot? I saw some hilarious tweets saying if they sell him, we riot. I kind of appealed to the anarchist but, in me. But were we not having exactly the same conversation about Mason Mount this time last year? Yeah, but that was that was there was. I thought actually there was a lot more uh, disinformation being spewed about that. And of course, Mount wasn't having a particularly good season, was he? And also was injured, I think. Whereas yeah. the, there's no there's no information coming out about uh, they, all, all we hear is well, there's there's no there's no progress on a contract. That's all we hear. we don't we don't hear he's stalling on the contract or they're stalling on the contract. There just seems to be no news whatsoever. Yeah, I I, I mean, listen. We all know that they've screwed up seriously by overpaying for lots of average players who may or may not make it at the club and that's the reason why they're looking because he's he's pure profit and you know I think the other thing is and is that we go for long contracts and low wages I say low wages it's relative to what you can earn elsewhere I mean it's well known that we 
you know, one of the reasons why they say that we won't go over, uh, go after Ivan Tony is because it would go against the wage structure. And, you know, on one hand, I respect what they're doing if they are trying to do that. On the other, if it's going to hinder us going forward, then it's it will. It's it will. I mean, if I could, um, we could go back for the last 10, 20 years, and I, I would, I, I don't know because I don't have the figures in front of me, but I've read a lot about this. But I would say eighty to ninety percent of the clubs that have won the Premier League uh, title over the last, say, twenty years are the highest payers. Chidge, Chidge, Jonathan and I are older than you, okay, by a couple of years. Oh, a bit more uh, than that. All right, <laughs> twenty-two <laughs> years. Jonathan and I are older than you. Nothing changes. The richest clubs yeah. always win 70s, the seventies. Absolutely, yeah. You know, you you look at you look at Liverpool. Liverpool and Everton were very wealthy clubs. Yeah, and basically, Liverpool won the league, and every year they went out in the summer and p- bought the best player who was playing for another club. They'd break the transfer record every season. Kenny Dalglish, Kevin Keegan, you name it. And, they, and they, would, they wouldn't go mad. They'd just go out and they'd go and get somebody very, very good. Like David Johnson, who played for Ipswich. This is in the 70s. Ipswich were a tip-top team, one of their closest rivals. Summer came along. They went out and bought him. They didn't need him, but they went and bought him. And... It's it ha- it just hasn't changed. You know, you go 40, 45, 50 years back, every now and again somebody will break it, break the cartel. One team may may do that, you know, for whatever reason. I mean, the whole Leicester thing was just bonkers. But ultimately, it's always been the wealthiest clubs. Mm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Liverpool 70s, United uh, kind of 90s, I suppose, really. Um, Arsenal, Chelsea. Chelsea over the last 20 years. And I mean, you know, we were paying, we were buying all the best players and we were paying them the most. But, you know, what I was really trying to say is if the club think that they can reinvent football and get away and impose an Arsenal-like wage structure, then wave bye-bye to any chance of winning the Premier League because it'll be won by the club that pays the most. It always has been. JK. Yeah. Is there the possibility that uh, Connor will hold out yes. and go and go and join someone else. He will go and join someone else. Yeah, but 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 it's not about the the club of are uh, are uh, uh, ruining the situation. It's not down to the club. It's just that he will be advised and he might make the decision, well they don't want to pay me the amount of money I'm worth. I will therefore play for someone else. Well he's entitled to. He's a professional. He's entitled to, yeah. But it, 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 in the end it, it won't be down to um the 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 aim the the idea at the moment seems to be the club will fail to negotiate with him if he's not willing to accept what the club want he will go somewhere no, else no no as any of us who in in any you know Absolutely. job would do no but I I don't think that we, I think it's easy just to say uh, at the end of it if they don't manage to sign him again oh the club have cocked up whereas uh, if he's if the club have a uh, a level that they want the players to uh, um, an amount of money they want to pay them or a contract they want to give them and the other side doesn't want that then they don't come together and the, the two parties go go their separate ways so uh, um, uh, that may be an option it, maybe but that's why every he's... single thing you hear about Connor is that he loves Chelsea and he wants to die at Chelsea yeah yes you do you do hear that 
You do, do but at the, at the same time, if he doesn't feel he's being valued... No, I but I don't, I don't what, think... What with Mason, know, Mount. I, Mason Mount was the same. He didn't feel he was being valued, did he? Yeah, but there's, 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 I don't think you can compare the two because we we know a lot more... I mean, and we know a lot more because we hear what was going on behind the scenes. Very different situation with Mason. They absolutely took the piss. There was a contract agreed before he went to the yeah, World yeah. Cup. He came back and those two fuckwits that are apparently our sporting directors started it again. And they took the piss. And he thought, fuck you. I don't blame him. I'd have, I'd have done more than just walk out, I can tell you. Connor seems to be a very, very different situation. But in effect, if they don't pay him what's so, you know, I mean, it's ironic, really. Clayton's the only one who can really probably get his head around this because JK and I've worked for ourselves for most of our entire life. But um, from those people I know who work for companies, etc., etc., in your wage negotiation, there is quite often a, listen, pal, uh, there's a market rate for the job that I do, and I expect you to be paying me that unless there's a very good reason why you're not. His market rate is way above £50,000 a week. So if they're not prepared to pay more than that, they are taking the piss. And he would be very well within his rights to say, well, fuck you, you're taking the piss, I'm going to go somewhere else. I agree with Clayton. I think that's the last thing he wants to do because he really, really wants to make a career at Chelsea. And so he should, he's good enough. So it'll be interesting to see it. But anyway, Clayton? Just just to sort of put the final um, comment on this, there's something on BT Sports called Premier League Stories, and um, there's one about Connor. And it's all about his brothers and going to see them, a couple of them play non-league football, etc. And it's all very nice. It's all very sanitised, as you would expect it to be, etc. But there's a thing right at the end where Connor is basically, I can't, I'm not sure what game it was. It might have been the Palace game, ironically, at home afterwards. He's on the pitch with his brother, his mum, and um, his dad. And his dad's just basically saying, I stood on the shed. I watched, you know. Aussie and I watched this one, I watched that one and you know, to have my son you know, watch my son Captain Chelsea he said it's just unbelievable and, and that family bleed blue Yeah. and the thought of, of him saying I'm leaving I'm going to join Tottenham It's not going to happen Yeah, It's not going to happen, I, can't, anyway. I cannot see that happening no. Anyway, um, enough of Connor. He was brilliant, I thought, uh, in the second half. Really good to see him scoring two goals. Really good to see they were such great finishes. Uh, and then really, I mean, I mean, the other great thing is, I mean, it kind of does say where we are at the moment to celebrate beating Palace like we'd just beaten 1970 Brazil. But I have to say, mate, you know, it, it tells me that they, they are, you know, very much together. You know, there is quite a bit of unity in there. They do care. It means something to them. There is a bond with the supporters. It's gradually. I mean, I, I think it could be better, but I think it's. there are moments where it gets crystallised, and that was one of them. They loved it. Connor loved it. Straight to the away fans. Uh, and, of course, JK got trampled because he was at the front. Um, <laughs> the other thing was, I mean, by the way, I, let's, let's talk about the Dizazi crowd surfer because I just thought that that was... F- I mean, okay, it was easy for me to say it from where I was standing, but... I thought it was fucking fantastic to see a, a Chelsea player dive into the crowd, get in amongst them. It's just lovely to see. Um, you had a you had a a, a kind of a, a an up close and personal view, didn't you, JK? No, I, 
I love the idea of Desazi leaping in and then getting booked, of course. And of course, the mad Jack, <laughs> Jack Jackson running Jackson. 50 yards oh, to God's sake. <laughs> what is the matter with I'm it? Not, I loved it, mate. I've got to be No, honest. I agree. I agree. But, you know, and another inevitable booking is ninth. You just go, oh, God. Um, in his little black, black padded top running across the pitch. Who's that? Oh, it's Jackson. Of course it is. But we, um, we used to we used to commend Rudiger running 80 did, yards did, to still did, be first in a scrap. You know, yeah, but at so. least he was at least he was uh, actually playing at the time rather than being, well, true you know, enough. True sub. enough. Um, yeah, no, no. I just I the, the, the they spend because of the amount of people who want to go and um, stand near the front. Everybody just stands with their mates it's the kind of thing lots of lots of people do they've got two separate tickets they want to they want to stand together so they just go into a row and uh um particularly nearer the i was ninth row nearer the front everybody goes into the row now i was standing behind a bloke um uh, uh, it seems to follow me around he was at the burnley game and he was at the wolves game and he's about six foot five and he, he's always obstructing my view and i was also standing next to it there's a uh, um an eastern european guy very knowledgeable very nice guy indeed who i seem to always be near and i said hello and he's the same size as me and he said we've got the problem he said we have mr big man here again and i said oh great thanks very much good what are we going to do he said the list he said i think a couple of seats over there oh no somebody's in there he said i don't know what we do he said i'll find somewhere to go i said and then and i saw somebody at the end of my row who i know and i went hello john hello mate nice to see you so i went up there use it as an excuse to stand on the end of the row you're now in the aisle where the stairs are and then while you're standing there watching the game, and I thought, well, I can't see anything on the left-hand side at all, but I couldn't see anyway because of the big bloke. So I could go to the right and stand with him. So I stood with him and some bloke came along and said, you're standing in my seat. And I went, okay, right, right. So I went back again to the other side. And then I'm standing there and about four blokes came in and said, excuse me, mate. And they just stood there and they weren't, they didn't have tickets for that row at all. They just stood next to me. So I'm now on the stairs and the steward comes down and said, can't stand there, mate. It's all right. So I just shift in. So I'm sort of on the edge of this, trying to watch the whole of the match. And they're thinking, I can't see the left. I can just see the right in front of me. All right, fair enough. And um, uh, unfortunately, when Connor ran towards us, this stirred up. There were about four boys, let's call them boys, youth, uh, lower down, who were having very amusing conversations with each other. They really loved the uh, um, you fat bastard lines that were going on. (laughs) They loved it. They were joining in with all of that all the time. And because uh, so did I. Out, they singled out this poor bloke in the uh, amidst the Palace fans to have a go at. And um, uh, and they were, but they would do that banter. One of the, one of them was was um, found some other bloke to say, you know, well, you're a bastard, you're a Palace bastard, blah, blah. and the other bloke said, come on, wind him up, wind him up, wind him up. Ah, ha, ha, ha. They, they've probably taken some drugs. They they sang the Tuchel bugle song with great joy. Um, anyway, but you thought, well. You know what's going to happen here. The moment that Connor ran towards us after scoring the goal, um, uh, I would say that, and the team ran as well. About forty people ran down the stairs, and they just pushed everybody. And uh, it was part of me was thinking they're pushing everybody because they can and they like doing that. They like doing that. Number of football fans go to matches. They like pushing people. It's kind of you know, oh, I'm having a great time. I'm pushing you. And and I was on the edge, and some bloke. Um, grab me. Also, that thing I've said to you before, Chidge, they grab me, they bounce me up and down when we've scored. I don't know what the fuck that is all about. Why do they choose me to bounce up you're and down? A, you're a cult hero, mate. You see. I don't get it. They want to be, really clo- they want to be close I to you. I really don't get it. Anyway, yeah, so I'm bounced up and down with this bloke. You say cult. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so, and then one bloke, would you believe, climbed on my back. For God's sake, 
What was that? Bloke clubs on my back, club coming down. And then this surge of people went, knocking everybody. I was knocked forward. And I thought, the only way out of this, and I was trying to be sturdy, thinking, oh, God, this bloke going to be hit. And I was hit again. I was hit again by people running down towards the front. And I hit again. I thought, the only way to deal with this is just dive to my left into the seats. And there was a bloke next to me, and I knocked him over, splat, onto the ground. And that terrible thing, and I was thinking, well, at least I'm all right. I wonder how this bloke is. God bloody hell, has he bashed his head? God. And he got up and he said, you all right, mate? And I said, I'm very, very good. Thank you. His name was Phil. Thank you very much, Phil. I've got to say, that was really good, nice of you. He said, yeah, I was worried about you. I think he was worried about me because I'm an old bloke, you know, because he was a youngster. But in reality, I'd just gone, oh, God, I'm not I've landed on him. I'm OK. I haven't grazed anything. Um, and then just thought everybody just, you know, trying to get disarty and trying to embrace Connor and God knows what else. But it was it was actually slightly dangerous. And some bloke um, uh, cut his head open, which made no, was no surprise to me whatsoever. It, it really it was. Well, I mean, be, being a grumpy old fucker, it was incredibly dangerous. Yeah. It yeah. really was. And it yeah. was really irresponsible. I'm surprised nobody broke a limb. I really was absolutely surprised. And you can understand why they're saying don't stand in the, uh, in the stairwell. But you don't expect... But all of these, it's happened at Chelsea before. It's happened the number of, you know, when you score, they all go berserk, lots of them, because they're all, you know, they've... they've they're they're either... young and they, they're, come on. Hey, I get happens, it, exactly. You know. They're know, young. I I mean, in fact, weirdly, we talk about us all being being too old, the, the demographic of all Chelsea fans is too old. Huge numbers of I kids know. I've noticed Huge. that, you know, every away I've been to this year, yeah. and yeah. I'm possibly going to break my recent record for aways this year, which does... Go in. It does keep. It is in keeping with the "I go more when we're shit" mentality, actually, or, I, which I hadn't even thought of. But maybe there's something in there. But I've noticed that a lot of a lot of youth at the, at the are great man because they're the future. We're not. No, they are completely, completely. You know? and, so, and I, I and I love their enthusiasm. I really do. I can't stop that. Don't curb this, their enthusiasm. Don't be all Larry Davy about it. Absolutely, but it's this mad. Um, I know this mad kind well, of. Well, look uh, on, on a serious point. Frenzy. You, There's look, a frenzy of. It's like yeah. a party. Like you know, hey, we can do what we like. You know. Serious point. Um, I would feel distraught if anything happened to you, like you'd got really hurt, which you could have done. Uh, I know Kath. Kathy got hurt because they were doing the same with her. So you know, I don't know what the answer is. Um, I feel slightly torn because yes, I agree with you both. It is horribly irresponsible, but on the other hand. I can remember what it... I mean, I am, as you pointed out, a lot younger than you both. So I can actually probably remember what it was like to be young, unlike you two, but... Uh, I have uh, no memory of my exactly. youth. I, I remember, I remember the, you know, standing in the shed, a goal scored, and the next thing you know, you're about 50 yards further down than where you started off. It's, it's you know... Yeah, I know. Uh, it's look, always you, been there. The pushing has always been there. Yeah. Clayton, you wanted to. I mean, this is a good time. I mean, you said you want to talk about the away support, so far away. No, what I, I was. I mean, you stole my thunder because you you mentioned the lunatic that is uh, Jackson. Oh right, it does, right, right. It it, it it does basically that the celebration, and I, I know that in some respects it's yes, that's how far we've fallen, uh, because it's Palace and we beat Palace every single time, which is obvious. Um, but the team spirit to basically get players like Desazi jumping into the crowd to get Jackson running across the pitch. I mean, he obviously has no brains whatsoever because that is now his ninth booking in a season where he's probably hardly, I mean, every single one has been for dissent. 
So there's not been, he hasn't done anything other than just be brainless. Um, but I think, I think that that says a huge amount. And I mean, if that, if that, you know, if we're looking for crumbs of comfort, if that means that, that this team is growing yeah. and it's growing together, I mean, I don't know, you would, you may not have seen in the highlights, but at the end of the game, one of the players who you saw was celebrating was Sanchez, you know, and obviously our, our number two goalkeeper, our number two goalkeeper. So it it, it is interesting that, that that perhaps you know one of the things that we don't see is the fact that that something is being built and yeah. Posh is building. You know, every single person that I hear interviewed, and I heard Cole Palmer um, basically saying how great Posh is. Yeah, I I'm, I agree with you, mate. JK, Enzo embraced um, Connor with, yeah. with with great joy and glee, and you just thought, yeah, yeah, they're all they're all bonded. There's a spirit all. there, isn't there? And I, I mean, I think this is the problem that we've got. I think Clayton uh, pinpoints it beautifully there, you know. And I mean, all the all the talk about Poch being rubbish over the last few weeks, and 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 the saying could be levelled at the players. I think half of this is down to our bloody impatience. You know, it it took Poch two or three years to build a decent team at Southampton took him the same to do it at Spurs the man is a builder now I know you can say well you know you could say that if me and JK and Clayton were in charge of the club oh it'd take us two or three years to build a good side I know that and I also know that at Chelsea we're used to managers coming in and doing it immediately and maybe we've just been very lucky with that who knows but this is going to take time it is going to take time and we're going to have to put up with some shit Uh, I mean Martin put a an absolutely brilliant uh, clip up on 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 Twitter today. It must have been some comedy show or something, but it was like Italian football manager in a press conference. Sometimes we're a little bit bad or good. Sometimes we're a little bit shit. It was just absolutely hilarious. If you don't follow my, you know who that was. Who was it? Gattuso. Is it Gattuso? No. Yeah. It, it was actually real. Yeah, I love it even more. Then sometimes we're a little bit good, sometimes we're a little bit shit. I mean, and that is Chelsea at the moment. It's going to take time for it to kind of even out. I think. Listen, Clayton, as you're on, uh, and and I don't think we say this enough, um, which is obviously we love you. Uh, but actually, what what I really wanted to say was we must give a big shout out to Petrovic again. He made two, at least three match saving saves again. Overlooked all the time. How good this guy is for us. I think. Yeah, what, what what is quite interesting, and I, I don't know if you picked this up, but uh, and I'd actually turned it off because I can't, even though the great Petacek was in the studio, I, after the first half, the last thing in the world I wanted to hear was another 20 minutes about how shit we were. But apparently he had a, not a go, but he basically said that uh, Petrovic, not at fault, for the goal, but could have done better. Now, no, what what he was basically saying, and is that when he was playing, and I think this is another one of those things where the trend is is has changed, is that he said that he would have been standing further forward. And if you, you know, I know as a goalkeeper from years gone back, that I would never, ever stand on my... I was never on my line. I was always on the six-yard box because you 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 narrow the angle. And Czech was making the point that he was too far back 
and he hadn't narrowed the angle at all. He wasn't saying, you know, it 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 was his fault, etc. I mean, as I said, you know, our mate our mate Medwecki was was culpable for that that goal. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think the thing is with Petrovic is he's not being talked about. He's very much under the radar and has been, and and he's just basically growing into the role. And yeah, okay, maybe he could have saved it in a in a different world. But you know, we're talking about great goalkeepers and good goalkeepers. Well, Pesicek was a great goalkeeper from a very young age. Petrovic is, a, in my opinion, a very good goalkeeper, a solid goalkeeper, but he's twenty four. I know Czech was younger when he came to Chelsea. But he's getting better and better. And as I've said previously, I, I think he gives the defence confidence. Yeah. Um, he never looks flustered on the ball when he's playing with his feet. And as you say, he, he made a couple of really good saves. And what I like about him is he's not flash. He's very unfussy. Yeah. I, I really like him, mate. I really, he's, really he's, like he's, him. I, you know, and, and as much as we go on about our shit recruitment and let's face it a lot of it has been you look at him you look at Gusto you look at um, Palmer and you know there's some good players in there they're getting you know and Desarzi I'm quite interested by a lot of stuff that's being said about Desarzi that Desarzi is getting the same amount of abuse that Rudiger got when Rudiger first joined you know um I don't know. I I think Desarzi is 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 growing into the role. I agree. Uh, right. I think it was it was interesting to see how um, I felt the crowd was was on the verge of turning nasty uh, because. But that was before... to, that was to you, mate. I think. Take two. I was under the impression that the the uh, the crowd was beginning to to get a little bit nasty towards the team, um, uh, just at the beginning of the se- uh, the end of the first half, because there was some some really nasty swearing going on about certain players. It's the, it's the company you keep. There was none of that going on where I was sitting, mate. Uh, okay. Well, when, anyway, take three. Um, well, no, because because you you've already said you were you were with all the youth, mate. Yeah, but some of these these people were saying, you know, substitute that fucking, you know, Gareth. 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 Yeah. But, oh, yeah. but you know, JK, it, it's basically, it's football fans. We're all the same. Yeah. Come on. You know, no, 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 I, I know, after, but I'm, after I'm, Wolves, yeah. it's Potch out. After yeah. Villa, which was what, three days later, oh, we've turned the corner. Yeah. And of course, of course. No, what I'm saying is, is that even within the, 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 the 90 minutes, it went from. Yeah, from, it does, uh, though. No, I know well, it does. It does. That's, know, that's, that, that is the crowd following the team. I mean, mate, I, I called I called Sterling a Gareth the minute he came on. I called yeah. him a bigger Gareth well, he, when he missed he that opportunity. Booed. He got booed, Chich, And then he? I applauded him. I applauded him when he put that brilliant pass through to Gusto. Yeah, after the run. It's yeah. football. Yeah, it's football. But at least we have the ability to be able to discern that somebody has done something well rather than having an agenda against them. or we don't have agendas on the fan cast because we can't we even spell it we can't even we spell it a j i n d e g i n is that is that it uh, anyway yeah. um okay uh it's uh <clears throat> excuse me 
That was a that was a good one actually. That was good. Yeah, quite high pitch. That's, that's like a bugle, J.K. You're not on the bugle tonight, are you? You haven't I'm you so didn't get that friendly I, with your new mates in the in the in, in block. I normally I normally mute myself when I do that. I'm so sorry. I do apologize. Yeah, we love J.K. We love bugle. Okay, it's time to uh, give our weekly plug to CFC UK. So uh, if you want a copy of the world's greatest fanzine. Uh, then uh, all you have to do is to go to the CFC UK stall opposite Fulham Broadway on a match day or or listen out for the dulcet tones of DJ going, hurry up, it's only a pound if you're at an away match. Uh, but basically, you you know, if you can't make it to the match, which is perfectly understandable for many people, then it's okay because you can actually subscribe to CFC UK by doing the following. Uh, email fanzine at cfcuk.net and subscribe for a year uh, an annual subscription will cost you 20 English pounds. It'll be 45 quid in Europe, uh, 60 quid in the rest of the world, uh, 6 quid if you want it sent to you by email, digitally as a PDF, or a pound each. So you can pay all of that via PayPal by emailing fanzine at cfcuk.net. Uh, obviously, uh, this is a very, very good time, given uncertainty about all sorts of things, to buy a Chelsea pitch owners share which means uh basically you get to own a bit of chelsea you get to own a part of the club what more could i hear what i you know what more could you want i hear you say um basically it gives you a share of the freehold of the stadium protects it from being sold uh against its will to a property developer or some such in the future and it basically will make sure that football is uh played at our spiritual home which is Stamford bridge unless of course they agree to move to a shiny new stadium up the road but i couldn't possibly comment on that uh shares are priced at 110 quid for an electric share uh or about 175 quid for a framed share signed by a chelsea player uh, just go to chelseafc.com and search for chelsea pitch owners and while we're on the subject of plugging, um, on Friday, of course, we will have Alex Churchill with us, uh, which is a good opportunity for us to uh, to plug the Chelsea Fancast World War One Battlefield Tour of of this year. In fact, it'll it's twenty first of June to the twenty fourth of June, uh, and it's brilliant. We did it a few years ago. Uh, me and Tony are going this time. There's a few other reprobates that have signed up for it, but. Uh, it's basically a lovely long weekend uh, spent in France, in the Somme, and Belgium, uh, in Ypres. And uh, if you love military history or the First World War, you may have had relatives who fought or died there. Uh, and if you did, uh, if you let Alex know or me know, they may do some research for you. And they will, uh, if it's within you know the area that we're going, you may well be able to go and find their grave or find out what happened to them in the battles and so on and so forth. So it's it's wonderfully informative if you like your military history it's incredibly moving and emotional if you've never been to the world war one graves that are out there um it, you're in for an emotional roller coaster because it's quite powerful uh, particularly if you've got a personal involvement in it um it's also a lot of fun a lot of chelsea people the uh the whole point of the tour is to focus more on the football uh players who were out there chelsea players who were out there who fought in the war uh and that kind of thing but it's also great fun in the evenings decent hotels lovely food lots of belgian beer which i'm quite partial to so it's a lot of fun with a lot of good people it's really really well worth going along 21st to the 24th of june uh it's not cheap because of course hotels and travel and everything have got gone up considerably in the last few years thanks to covid and brexit and christ knows what else it's about 650 quid but honestly it's 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 really is a trip of a lifetime for anybody who's interested in that kind of thing and we'll all be there too so it'll be great fun and finally 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 you may have noticed that we've been running a promotion for nord vpn uh on the fancast recently uh because jk and i uh did a little advert which uh goes uh, i think in the main break 
uh, <clears throat> of the of the show. Uh, now, just to kind of do it again, NordVPN allows you to watch sporting events, TV shows, films, sporting events, football matches. That's what we're interested in, isn't it? Which might not be available to us because uh, they're not allowed to show three o'clock kickoffs, for example, in this country. Uh, but what it does is it enables you to switch your virtual location with one click to a country which is showing the football live. Uh, and it acts, NordVPN acts as your cyber bodyguard whilst online protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details, passwords from falling into the wrong hands. Uh, and it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month. And one NordVPN account can be used across six devices. So uh, there we go. So to get your best uh, discount off your NordVPN plan, go to uh, HTTPS colon forward slash forward slash nordvpn.com forward slash chelsea fancast there's no risk with nord's 30-day money-back guarantee and uh, if you sign up to it you will be helping to support the chelsea fancast what more could you want we have uh, we have got something very special for you coming up uh, after this very short break so do not go away away days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. When you follow a big team like Chelsea, one of the most frustrating things is not being able to get a ticket for the match, especially when it's away and not live on TV in the UK. What can you do? Get updates from your mates, follow online commentary, listen to the radio. Let's face it, it's not the same as actually watching the match live, is it? NordVPN have the solution to every football supporter's match day problems when they can't watch the match live. NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. It's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Fans, real I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Proper Chelsea. Footballfancast.com. Welcome back to the Chelsea Fancast. I am Stanford Chidge, and uh, I'm joined as ever by the wonderful Jonathan Kidd. Hello. The leader of the Tuchel Boogle firm, as we were saying. Uh, the absolutely brilliant Mr. Clayton Beerman. Good evening. Lovely to see you. Now, uh, we've done all the football talk about what happened yesterday, uh, and now we've got something really, really special for you. I am. I feel very humbled and privileged, actually, that uh, these chaps said, let's talk to you guys first. Now they're going to tell me they've been on every other podcast before and I'm going to look like a right man. We mug. haven't. We haven't. Okay, we all right, all right. Yeah. last time. <laughs> because, because, because... Um, now, look, we like to think that what we do is rather good. We like to think that our 50 years of Chelsea was even better than good. 
But I have to say that these two boys and what they've done with the blueprint is without any shadow of a doubt the best thing committed to audio about Chelsea Football Club that I have ever heard. I mean, if if I was a horrible, bitter man, I would be very jealous and I would never speak to them again. But I'm not because I love them and I love what they do. It is fantastic. And uh, I am delighted to welcome them back to Chelsea Fancast to tell us all about the next instalment. Kerry and Gary, how lovely to see you both. Oh, where do we go from there? I'm sort of touched and emotional. Let's just get off there. He did it for us already. (laughs) Yeah, we're we're going. (laughs) We're off. Yeah, that was was great. That's nice to see you guys. We'll see you next time. (laughs) We've got a lot to live up to now. I'm, honestly, I meant every word. I, I did. No, I mean, thank you. The, Gary got hold of me the other week, and actually, it was a really good excuse for me to go and listen to them all again. So, I, the, I mean, they, they've been playing in my car for the last week, and it just reminded me how bloody marvellous they are. Um, apart from the bits of me, and obviously, in fact, actually, I've got well, I've got a bone about, to about pick to get with you. Better with you, David. I, I've got a bone to pick with you. Um, how old do you bloody think I am? Me? I, t- I told Gary that you are much younger. <laughs> Apparently, I've been been watching Chelsea at Stamford Bridge since the sixties, mate. I was born in nineteen sixty five. Oh, really? <laughs> it's me who was born in nineteen forty. I'm so sorry, Jonathan, for getting you confused with David. Easily done. Yeah, Easily done. <laughs> not not really. Anyway, enough of me being a bitch. Um, now, I mean, I know you you've got more on the way, so kick it off. Who wants to go first? Because I'm I'm all ears and very eager to hear what's coming next well we've you got carry, you do this stuff better than me okay well I, I don't know tell me about that at the end of it um we, we are releasing the blueprint tapes and we're launching with um because we've had the ken bates tapes had the matthew harding tapes um and we are going to be releasing the john terry tapes and the joe cole tapes Ooh. Um, and, and this all came about because we've been, as you know, we've been doing the blueprint for a long time. And you guys will understand this. Often when you're making programs, you sit down with people, you do these incredibly intense and um, deep, in-depth interviews with people. And you sit there with them sometimes on these documentary programs for a couple of hours, get loads of great stuff. And then you pull out 60 seconds or 90 seconds. And it's a bugbear of mine as a documentary maker, how much great stuff never gets heard. And so we were thinking about, well, this is just crazy. Listen to JT talking about things that weren't particularly relevant with the stories we're trying to tell in the blueprint. And uh, but they would be amazing for Chelsea fans to hear because he's never really talked in this kind of way uh, ever before that I can think of in any interview. And I think it will give us such insight and give people such insight into what makes a footballer and what makes a captain leader legend. And and it was the same with Joe Cole as well. So what we're going to do is actually work on all the, the interviews we've done with everybody and we're going to release them all over time from Roberto Di Matteo, Glenn Hoddle, Colin Hutchinson, um eddie newton steve clark the list just goes on and on and it should keep people quite engrossed for some time you know what kerry you're you're spot on i've never told anybody this before so i i I, I perfectly accept the the wrath and retribution that's about to come my way Uh, i am i'm I'm all for honesty and transparency jonathan's getting ready 
It's yeah. a, I don't really he's leaning forward the, like he's the, gone the, the truth is <laughs> the truth is I don't really like Jonathan Kidd. No, no, it's not that. No, the, the <laughs> <laughs> Kerry's just you, spat his you teeth do, out. Jake. You do. <laughs> it, it went down the wrong hole. See that that's, that's 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 yes, that's been said to me many a time actually, Kerry. But <laughs> it's not a Friday. Uh, no, we don't want to know that. Jake. No, it's not that. No, the big. This is honestly, seriously, this is one of the biggest regrets I I've ever had ever. And when I when I shuffle off this mortal coil, this horrific thought will go into my head but i i was very very blessed i made a, a massive program for sky where they gave us a huge budget and cutting a very long story short i i, I had the privilege to interview peter osgood uh on my birthday would you believe as well it was even better and he he died a mere a few six, seconds later shut up no he didn't uh six months later six months later so it was one of the last proper tv interviews he did and i and and you know aussie being aussie the minute he found out i was a chelsea supporter every and, and i also bought him a very large glass of white wine uh his whole demeanor changed it wasn't well i'm here for half an hour and that's what you're paying me for it was like how much you know i'll be here as long as you want so i, I did a two-hour interview you know so i went massively off off script obviously because i'm sitting here in front of peter fucking osgood so i'm going to ask him anything i want to ask him for the next two- so i had this brilliant two-hour interview with him anyway we made the program and of course as you were saying kerry i mean i must have used maybe two minutes max of the entire interview across about three or four stories and um and you know i forgot all about it as one does and then i ended up working that production company again about a year later and uh you know what it's like with production companies they never have enough space for anybody so i ended up effectively having an office next to their tape library or, or junk cupboard actually i mean they were it wasn't even a tape library what did i find in that junk cupboard but the rushes the tapes that i had filmed of the peter osgood interview and i kind of thought to myself i had that thought i thought these are just being chucked away in a cupboard i should nick them because they'll never know or even care what do you think i did left them in there didn't you exactly kerry exactly i fucking left them in there and you play by the rules, Chidge. I know, man. Yeah. I could have had those, and and we could have like used it for this and just. Have whatever. They still got them. I, Chidge, no, that, now the company doesn't even exist anymore. You know, I, I, I mean, what an absolute plum! I can't believe uh, I did that, man. Yeah, but hindsight is such a glorious thing, isn't it? You know, yeah. and yeah, and you get an inkling, and and you're a different person when you're in these. I'm sticking up for you. I don't know why, but I'm going to <laughs> no, you know, no. You should absolutely not, eviscerate me, me for my this. Head in despair. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. This I, is the I last Chelsea fancast ever. I I can't ever face it doing it again after this. <laughs> You're right. It will be your last thought on this mortal it will, coil. It will. Oh, Aussie, Aussie. I, know, I, I know. should have just. Pre- oh, and be the lost tapes. I know, mate. The lost I, it's tape. terrible, isn't it? Anyway, enough of me the being chidge a, tapes. Enough of me being a dick. Um. So we. I mean, this is brilliant that you're you're going to release uh the full interviews basically uh. Gary, you know, JT, Glenn Hoddle, Colin Hutchison, Robert DiMatteo, Joe Cole. You're doing the whole Joe Cole. I love you for that, as you well know. Yeah, well, because the thing is, I know they've done other interviews with other people, but these are very different as well. Um, And we've been sat on them for a while um, because we've still got two more episodes of The Blueprint to come out. uh, Because when you said there, Chidge, about you had a big budget for Sky, I'm like, what's a big budget? Um, because I don't think they exist anymore. I think we had. I think, uh, I think we had half a million. Yeah, I, I, I wish we had half a pound to, uh, 
to do oh. this. Um, so basically, we've, we've still got two more episodes of the blueprint because there was a couple of interviews waiting that we needed to get in order to complete the story, which we've got now. So we're going to release them as well, which is more of the uh, filling in the years between 07 and 2012. But so we've been sat on the JT stuff and the Joe Cole stuff for ages. Um, like we actually did the interview with JT on the 6th of July last year. The reason I remember it so well is that um, we'd been chasing him for a while. And then um, he called me on the Tuesday and said, yes, yeah, so we'll do it Thursday. Yeah. And I was like, no, John, we can't. And he said, why? I goes, because, um, I've got VIP tickets to say Bruce Springsteen in Hyde Park. And he went, well, who's more important, me or Bruce Springsteen? Oh, and I, and I just went, okay, we'll see you at Chelsea at two o'clock on Thursday, John. Um, so I had to give up Bruce. I did go on the Saturday still. Ah. But, um, so, that, yeah, it was the, the 6th of Thursday, the 6th of July we did it. And then we did Joe on, on the 2nd of October. And we've done some stuff in between. But And then what it is, the reason why it's been delayed further is because we've been working on this whole new platform um like a, it's uh it's called the sideline <clears throat> and it's a chelsea history and culture platform which is where we're going to move these over to so um anyone who subscribed to us on the blueprint on apple Podcasts, it'll just it was everything will still exist there so if you do want to go and follow us just go there on apple Podcasts for the time being but then we're about to drop it um later this week is uh the the url is um chelsea sideline dot club and we've got a load of um people together to produce some cultural and uh, historical stuff around Chelsea, which we sort of spun the blueprint around Um, because we're trying to, with that, we're trying to um, break through the venom of social media and sort of bring Chelsea fans together on a, on a more friendlier platform, really. So you say pla- um, platform, Gary. What what do you mean by platform? Yeah. I mean, you, you just... So like- it's, yeah, it's, it's a website at first, but we're currently producing an app. Um, so You're it'll be available an as app. an app. Yeah, yeah. So we're, we're getting that developed at the moment. Good idea. Um, and yeah, we're just trying to expand the universe, as it were, um, and just bring people together. And um, I'm spending a lot of time in America at the moment, and we just realised, I'm going to start sounding like a businessman now. We just started realising that the fan supporting a team is so fragmented. Mm. And I just thought, well, how can we change that and bring them all together in one place? Um, so that's why we're doing the oh, sideline. So the, the, yeah. the, the blueprint is all part of it. Um, and at one point, at some stage, I plan to have a conversation with you boys about it. Um, but it's probably a bit premature, but, um, yeah, so that is, that, that, that's what we're doing. And we've used the blueprint, you know, to, to pivot over to there to, to, yeah, get people listening that way. Um, so yeah, it's just, it's good doing it and it's a relief to start getting them released properly. Um, like Kerry said, there's, there's so many more to come. And with JT, we, we we start the interview off from his game. I don't know if I might be talking, you know, weird to people as if they know what I'm talking about, or sometimes they do, because you have to forgive my ignorance. But we start off with um, his game against Luton when he was about to get released by Chelsea. And we take it right through to Munich. So we don't go beyond Munich because we agreed the interview would end in Munich. So there's nothing beyond that. But um, it sort of still covers a 16-year period of his Chelsea career with a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff that he hasn't spoken about before. Absolutely. Which is great. No, it's ab- absolutely blinding. Um, how, I mean, how how does... I mean, you know, it's been a while, really, since you released the last last one. Uh, well, I think, forgive me, is it episode six was the last one you released? Champions episode League. Episode seven. Episode seven, the special ones, is the last that's, one we that's, released. Yeah, that's the one. The right. jo- Jose has just entered the building. Yeah. Um, And then what we do then, the last two... 
Champions of Europe part one and part two is split over two because we've got too much content. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be like an hour and a half cut yeah. over two episodes and that's the filling in the gaps from the ghost goal right up to Munich. Excellent. Um, I mean, actually, this is one of the things I really liked about it, you know, because you could have easily just gone on a very linear narrative arc, but you haven't. It's kind of, you know, you kind of go forwards, back, forwards, back. It's And I like that, actually. I, I really like that a lot. I mean, how how have they gone down? I mean, you know, it's, as I said, it's been a while now since you launched them, but I mean, how have they been received? Yeah, well, we I haven't mean, been sued by Ken yet, have we? No, we haven't. He, he does still keep calling Gary. Um, you know, I get these calls from him, and I, just, I feel, what have I done? And I answer, I'm like, hi, and he's like, hello, mate. I'm like, God, thank God for that. Can I um, can I say yeah, something it, a bit controversial here? Having having just re-listened to them recently, and and, and I didn't think this at the f- at the first time I listened to them. I thought, how great to hear Ken talk about these things. Listening to it a second <laughs> time, I thought, Ken. You are a bitter old man. I've got to be honest. I thought you are a bitter old yeah. man. I, I'm, I'm with you. I, I, we have this discussion a lot. A, a lot. I, I think you're in your nineties. Let, it, Let go, it go. You know, yeah, exactly. in, in, enjoy your champagne in Monaco, looking out over the sea, rubbing Gary's nose in, in it. So yeah, you're not like me. You're not where I am. Um, you know, and <laughs> just, yeah, talking just, to which, how, how are your electricity bills, mate? Oh, no, you know, you know what, right? This is the good thing about it, though. Because he's so bitter, um, because he an did affinity. that interview, and, and the, yeah, exactly, we're two bitter people. Um, <laughs> but, but because he did it the way he did, and he was so much on the nose and just wanting to be aggressive and still carry those, you know, those, um, those grudges, just before the, um, the Middlesbrough, FA, uh, Middlesbrough League Cup game, when we beat him 6-1 in the second leg. Um, Kerry and I were in Starbucks in Fulham Broadway. We can't tell you walked in because um, we're currently negotiating with them to, to get them to come on and do a blueprint tape with us to fill in the gaps. And we'd been trying to get this person for a very long time and they kept saying no. And then they just walked into our lives in Starbucks in Fulham Broadway before the Middlesbrough game. So I went to Kerry, you know who that is, right? And we're with Nizar Kinsella and Naz was like, I don't know who it is, mate. And I went, that's... So we went, I just went over to him and, oi, sat down with him for like 15 minutes, had a chat. And I said, and Ken said this, went, but that's just not true. And I said, but that's what Ken said. So I sent him the interview and he listened to it. And now that he's like, maybe I should finally come public with the story. Because we said, look, we want to tell the full story here. And we've told his side of it. And then other people have subsequently offered their services and you know time to do interviews. But there's a few key people that haven't. So bumping into this guy, we were just like, here's your chance. Let's do it. You've met us in person now. You know, we're not, you know, some hacks that are just trying to, you know, do you in and get a story. So and and the, great the, thing, of- the great thing is it's Gary's company that's releasing it. So Ken goes after Gary. <laughs> <laughs> Clay, Clay yeah. you wanted to come in with something then? Yeah, no, I just, I, th- I, I mean, I agree um, with the sort of, the bitterness of Mr. Bates and certainly listening to that and the way that he speaks about Harding is just, you just think, Oh, for God's sake, you know, the guy's dead. Um, just, just let it go. Um, and that's the stuff we left in there, Clayton. Think of what we took out. (laughs) I'm sure. I'm sure. But what I found amazing that, that tremendous night we had that reunion night, you know, the 84, 85 thing was how every single player loved him. They did. 
and called him Mr. Chairman. And the, and the respect for him and the love for him, I, I was really surprised. I mean, that, that, I mean, apart from it just being a brilliant night, I was really shocked. But he paid for all their properties, though, didn't he? Yeah. That was one of the reasons why they loved him. They so did a lot. He helped a lot of them out. I mean, I know yeah. from a lot of the ones we know from that era, you're absolutely spot on, JK. He, he did some good stuff for them, didn't he? Yeah. It, I, I think the thing with Ken, in, in all, I know we were just joking, but I think the thing with Ken is that um, if you're in the circle of trust, he will... Cause I, I, so I was sick over Christmas, and I, I went to his birthday party in December, and I just got back from the US, and I was really jet-lagged. And I was chatting to him then. He said, oh, you don't look so good, et cetera, et cetera. And then, and then I, I had to go to hospital over Christmas. And then Ken phoned me because he had found out from someone. And he, he was just like, how are you doing? Can I do anything for you? And I was like, uh, no, I'm fine, thanks, Ken. But So, so he, he's very when – he, when you're on side with him, he's great. I just don't want to get on the bad side of him. He, re- he really is I, Father Christmas then, isn't he? Yeah, exactly. Just don't get on the naughty list. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Because you know you don't want to get that lump of coal, which is probably coming through your window with a note on it, but um, with, with a writ. I, I, so I, th- I think there's both sides. Of, I think there are both sides of him, where he's a complicated character. But you know, um, uh, but I think to do what he's done in his life and to do what he did at Chelsea, I think you need to be that because you need to ingratiate yourself to people in the way that he did, like you were saying, Clayton, with that that squad of players that had obviously some of them have been through the we're about to go bust, and then Ken steps in, so he built that rapport of him pretty quick. Um, but then you've got the other side of it where he just can't let things go, you know. And um... actually, uh, can I just just butt in? Because J.K., do you remember when we did that uh, season of presenting Chelsea TV together? It is inscribed deeply on my soul. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. <laughs> but but do you remember we you were told the first... me did not give up my day job. Do you remember? After well, I did pre- presentation, I said, this is my day job. He said, well, you're, he said you're, in, you're in the shit, mate, then, aren't you? He said to me. <laughs> and do you remember, we go in for a, a weekly meeting with him, um, which lasted about two minutes. He'd go, I don't know who I'm going to sack, whether it's the fat one or the bald one this one. week. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but do you remember, we, we actually were the first people in years to get Kerry Dixon back. Yeah. We, we got him on the show. Yeah. And do you remember, we went to meet him and we came round the corner and there was Ken and he just went, oh, you and I've got fat, you bastard, and came up and punched Kerry straight in the stomach. Yes. Do you remember that? Yes. And it was just like, the mo- oh, oh, yeah, Mr. Chairman. Well, he's doubled up in pain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then what did he say to you, Kerry? Well, oh, he said loads no, of things to me. No, but- so, when, so when we met, and this was in Monaco, and Kerry went... Oh, Mr. Bates, I used to do Chelsea TV. And then you told him that story and he looked back at you and went, you put more weight on. <laughs> which, which is just not true. No. no Kerry went, I'm fitting on Andy Saunders. Oh, I'm not fat, I'm fitting on Andy Saunders. <laughs> but it, was, it, it was, it was very strange because he was deferential to Ken, Kerry. But at the same time, yeah. Bates seemed to rule with an iron rod, you know, from what I, from what I can gather. Very, very strange business. I mean, you know, when, talking of the 83, 84 uh, gig that, that Clayton was, I mean, when uh, it was Kerry who, who went up to Ken, wasn't it? When Ken kind of came down the stairs like uh, some mad old king. Uh, but it was very, it was obviously, it was very affectionate and very heartfelt, actually. And I, I mean, even though I'd had a few beers, it uh, it was obvious that there, there's a real connection between them. But you're right, uh, Clayton and JK, they... they 
there really is quite a, a, an affection for him from that team. But uh, so, and uh, you know, maybe there's a side to him that us supporters never, never saw. But there you go. Um, kind of bringing it uh, to more recent times, chaps. And 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 Gary knows that I'm I'm itching to talk to him about this because he sent me a very uh, lovely little uh, message the other week. So I want to know all about how Joe Cole is Chidge's number one fan, really. Do you remember what the reaction was from the fans? Because I was I was at university. It was the summer. Roman's come in. Yeah. I'm working in a call centre. Yeah. And um, it was just, I was getting the papers every day, reading every paper because all the players. Yeah. And I'm not saying it because I'm sat in front of you, but you're the one that, I was watching Sky Sports News when I got in. They yeah. said Chelsea signed Joe Cole and I jumped up like we'd scored a goal. <laughs> and my mum come in, went, what's on? Oh, we just signed Joe Cole, mum. She didn't know what was going on. And then there's a guy who's in this series called uh, David Chidge, uh, yeah. Stanford Chidge. Yeah. He said when, he signed, when you signed, he said he had to pinch himself and he's like, I can't believe we're signing Joe Cole. That's how it meant to us as really? fans. Really? That's, that's Absolutely, amazing. Absolutely, mate. I loved, I I loved signing you. Yeah, Chelsea I felt- signing you. Uh, they have given me a clip of uh, Joe Cole uh, rinsing Kerry for being a shit goalkeeper, which I will play. Uh, <laughs> a short goal, a short goalkeeper. Yeah, a short, shitty goalkeeper. Clayton, you would be offended by Kerry in goal. And probably give it- it's actually rather, it's good that you're Clayton on tonight, Chidge, because Clayton, you can hear what Joe says about Kerry and what Kerry well, says about his performance. Let, let's hear it now. He was a goalkeeper, believe it or not, being really being five foot. Really? Yeah. I can see why game. that didn't work out for you. <laughs> really? <laughs> first game, look, my parents said, please don't play in goal anymore. First game, 8-0 loss. Oh, no. It was awful. It was muddy, so yeah. everyone worked out very quickly. Chip him. <laughs> there you go. And the, another thing, before I, before I forget, actually, and this is a real special, This is this. Show, I mean, because we love these guys, and we've known each other for a long time now, but uh, um, as a real special, lovely thing to do, uh, these chaps are going to send me part one of the JT tapes, okay? And I'm gonna I'm gonna play it not not as a normal you know on our normal platform. I'm just gonna put it up on our Patreon because I can upload it to that, and nobody else will get to hear it other than you because I'm that lovely to our loyal listeners. And uh, I obviously don't want to piss on uh, the Blueprints Strawberry Patch really as well, which it might do. So I'm gonna do that. Uh, so look out for that. But anyway. Joe Cole, Gary. Yeah, so um, well, when, when we did the interview with you, Chidge, actually, it was me who did it because Kerry was in hospital at the time. Um, so when, when I did it, you, you were, we were sharing the Joe Cole story, right? Because I was at university and uh, reading all the papers every day. This is like I was working in a call centre in the summer. This is 2003. And um, I remember getting home, watching Sky Sports News every night, you know, just absorbing... God, we just signed Veron. We just signed this guy. But the one that really got me going was signing Joe Cole. So during the interview, I said to Joe, I was like, I got up and celebrated like we had just scored a goal. And my mum comes in the living room like, what's going on? And I told her, I was like, we just signed Joe Cole, you know? And so I was telling you that. And then you shared the same thing that you were, I think it had been a scout that told you about him years ago. And then you were happy when you, and you celebrated it. So then I relayed that to Joe. And Joe was, yeah, it was like, Really, you guys are like celebrating me signing for Chelsea because he just couldn't believe it. But he was like, "That's amazing! I love it! I love it!" So when you hear the clip, you hear him. And I just thought I'd I'd bring you up, Chid, because we had shared, you know, we'd shared that story that was similar. And I didn't want to be, you know, um, taking too much control of the conversation with Joe. So I was trying to let him know how much. Well, because you know, correct me if I'm wrong. 
is Chelsea fans love him. Yeah. And I love him. Yeah. He's one of my favourite players ever. Yeah. And that was even before I knew he was a Chelsea fan, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I so mean, um, I, I didn't know. I didn't know either. I mean, I mean the, the guy that who had been a scout told me about Cole. Uh, I think he was already at West Ham at the time. So I, I had no idea. But uh, I obviously found out, you know, subsequently when he was. But I mean, I you know, I I I had this uh, in because I was a bit younger than I, I had a I had a Chelsea shirt, and uh, it was the time of Yukanovic, and who I hated because he was rubbish, and those green boots. Yeah, <laughs> but he 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 had he had the temerity to have number ten on his shirt, which I just thought was a disgrace. So I got I got a, a Chelsea shirt and I had number ten on the back with Chidge, because I thought I'm fucking rubbish, but I'm better than you, mate. So I should be on the pitch wearing that. But when Joe Cole turned up and had the, te- I retired my shirt. I never wore it again, out of respect for Joe Cole because he's a legend. So there you Does go. Does he talk about being subbed by um, by Mourinho after twenty minutes? Yes. Yeah. yeah, he talked about everything. Actually, he was, and and what was actually yet again, and what's been incredible in this whole journey that we've been making is how many of these players seem to be talking about things for the very first time. And it feels exciting when they impart the knowledge because normally there's standard questions people ask. And I don't know, I I think we've tried to do something a little bit more explorative with a lot of these people. And we've asked questions from different angles and they've all really engaged. Mm. And Joe Cole, he was utterly brilliant. He was so relaxed the whole time. Um, but really informative. And he talks so well about the game and his passion for Chelsea and, and how his career went. It, utterly brilliant. And I, th- I think people will find these so engaging because, you know, often you hear interviews with sportsmen and they're not that interesting. I honestly think these give you in, an insight into the psychology mm. of players, the philosophy of managers, the, the way that everything has to knit together in a certain way. And I think we've got them really telling some fascinating stuff, which hopefully you'll all enjoy. Does it illuminate um, in your eyes and ears um, what is happening at the moment? Does it have any... Because uh, um, you're now so knowledgeable about the way that... Um, we are the new historians. The, the, yeah, well, indeed, as the <laughs> as these, these, these apex historians, um, do you now... Uh, do you now feel that you have you could impart your knowledge to a, a current Chelsea manager as to how he should really manage? <laughs> well, we, Does it have yeah, any we, relevance? We can give them the JT tapes and just go listen to this. Because seriously, right with um, with JT, we were we doing can the save Chelsea. Yeah, no. We, we as we were doing it with him, he started off where he was. We you know, we always say to everyone when we start the interview, we're like, look, we're not looking for controversy. We just want insight. So. It's not that interview. And it takes them probably about 10 minutes to to get used to the idea of, oh, actually, this is just, they want to know shit. They don't want to hear about stupid stuff. So, um, and then I started losing, because Kerry always says about these interviews, I might have said it to you before, it's like, you got to calm down because you're going to have a breakdown in these interviews. So I get too involved in them. And so I'm trying to be professional. But then we're doing it with JT and I'm just like, I'm so eager to tell him that all this stuff I know about his career and then, and I start swearing. And then he's, he's like, can I swear? And we're like, yeah, yeah. So he starts going off. And then he starts talking about the first ever team talk he did against Celtic in America when Jose had given him 
the armband and stuff. And while he's giving it, Kerry and I looked at each other and I just wanted to jump up and like run through a wall or something because I was just like so pumped. And I was just like, where do you want me to go? What bus do you want me to jump in front of? Because I was just like so into it. And he was he got us so pumped. And you hear it when, when you hear him talk about it and then Joe says stuff that we didn't get out of John, but then Joe tells us about how, you know, because um, Kerry asked a question at the end of the interview and he says, because oh, Joe says that it was... Um, was the term he used? It was it was savage or something like that under Jose about training, and jo- John had broken a toe, and normally you get an injection to play, but John was having a daily injection to train because he was like, I don't want to have Carvalho and Gallas get ahead of me, so he was getting. He's like, so that set the bar. So everyone's going, give me an injection. Do you know what I mean? Because they're like, well, if he's going, I've got to go. So he was like, there were punch ups in training. It was so, and then in the end, he went, yeah, in modern parlance you'd call it like a a high performance environment or something like that he said but back then it was savage and everyone was just at each other and then JT says about how you know Jose would come in or would get Rui Faria or someone to come in the dressing room at, at Cobham and then he would say to JT like did you see how Maluda trained today like you can't fucking have that mate and they'd get him going and then he'd leave and they'd get Maluda up against the wall who the fuck do you think, you know, this is Chelsea. You don't, so they were literally bullying each other to play well, you know, and obviously look, I'm not trying to say that that's right. But at the same time, if you want to win, you know, you need that. It's the mentality. Up, you know I mean? It's a steal. I mean, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. And, and it's but being Silva should be in... doing it with Medweke is what you're saying. So I think Silva should just be going around handing out headbutts. Yeah, but sorry, you, Kerry, you, sorry you, to interrupt you. Kerry, Kerry go on. No, no. No, I, I was just going to say but that that whole sort of, it's almost a hysteria that's built into them. It's sort of like super uh, enervated. And there's, there is one bit in the JT uh, interview, which we've left in because I, I think it's quite, we think it's quite funny. And we're talking about the Barcelona game. And, and like we're just chatting about, and it's so weird talking to somebody and you're going, oh, it's one of the great nights at Stamford Bridge. And JT's going, yeah, it was. The place was rocking, wasn't it, right? And we're all still, sort of just chatting to each other, going from, from the point of view of a fan, from the point of view of a journalist, from the point of view of a player. And we're going absolutely nuts in the middle of this conversation and this whole interview with JT. And we go, oh, my God. And then when it, it just went nuts at the end. And when we came over and celebrated in front of you, it was just like, it was it was insane. But the, the... And then we had... Ooh, the tree, see, but this is the thing, and I know, I knew you. You were saying you were you were being a bit critical of Gary for getting, you know, too emotionally involved. I, 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 I'm gonna actually say no. I think that's exactly the right approach because that's why you've got so much. I mean, I, I've interviewed a lot of footballers like you have, and I used to, I used to, I used to explain it to people like this, you know, because I mean, obviously. You know, I'm going in as a as a TV producer or a director, so they they immediately think you're a Gareth. Sorry, Gareth is our euphemism for the word you're never allowed to use on broadcast. It begins with a C. Um, anyway, so they obviously think I'm a you know, a Gareth. So okay, right. So you know, I always I always used to call it the five minute test. They give you five minutes to establish whether you actually are a football person, and if you don't fail, if you fail that test, they'll give you nothing. But if you pass that test off you go you know and then obviously the longer you do it the more you get involved with it the more emotionally connected you get with it and that's when you get the good stuff so i think i think the way to go boys that was absolutely the way to go i cannot wait to hear this stuff it sounds like it's going to be dynamite when's it coming out 
Well, that's over to Gary. He's he's the man with the calendars. <laughs> next week. No, seriously. Yeah, next week. Yeah. Oh, fantastic! I better edit but, this but quickly. Obviously, Chich, we'll, 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 I'll, I'll set after we get off here. I was meant to send it to you before, but I'll send it to you so your listeners can hear the first because we, we're releasing them in two parts because yeah. they're really long interviews. So we don't want people to have. So we want to break it down for them. So um, and you, know, you need JT, a break to take it all in. Yeah. Yeah. So we think that yeah, like you know, remember going to the movies. You'd have an intermission. Yes. So you have an intermission. Uh, so there's part one and part two. So everyone gets to listen to to part one. But um, yeah, yeah, I, th- I think they're good. I feel like we're we're proud. You know, look, it's up to other people to decide whether they think they're as good as I think they are. Yeah, you know, but I feel proud of them because I feel like we've done something that's a little bit different. And, you know, obviously there's only so many times people can tell certain stories. So there's interviews that have been done in the past where there's maybe a little bit of crossover but I'd say, you know, you're getting 80% new stuff. Wow. But that, that's my ignorance coming into play because it might be people go, no, I've, I've heard some of this already. But I think the way it's delivered and the insight, you know, and it's still going over stuff that we think we know. But then, you know, because I, I used to do these interviews with Kerry and then I'd message people from Chelsea and go, John just told me this. Did, did you know that? And they're like, no, I, I didn't know that. You know, and it's sort of like we we were paid to know it and we didn't know, you know. And it's, you know, and the stuff with Joe where... Um, I forget who said. Well, I think it was you, uh, John, who said about um, does he talk about the Fulham game um, just now? And he does, um, and he talks about what his reaction was to it. Joe, this is. I don't. I don't know that happened. You know, when you hear his reaction stuff, I don't want to ruin it too much. But then also, this is the funny bit in it, Kerry, when because um, he talks about his relationship with Jose, and he's like, you know, everyone thinks that Jose and I didn't get along, but we did. You know, I really respect him. He really respected me. But there was one time I got dropped. And um, I was fuming. I went into his office and I said, um, you know, you dropped me. I want to leave. And Jose goes, fine, 20 million. And Joe went, you think I'm worth 20 million? You'd sell a player worth 20 million. Why are you leaving a 20 million power player on the bench then? And then Jose went, just just leave, just leave, get out of my sight. But that's sort of the relationship they had. So you hear all these little inner workings and that, which I just think are great. For me, I love hearing those nuggets, right? Yeah, yeah. So you get all that stuff from him and you know, um and Joe's such a good talker. But then what's what's interesting, which isn't in the interview, sorry, this is just me talking about my complete adoration of Joe Cole, was that um we interviewed him the day after we played Fulham this season, you know, and we won at Craven Cottage. And um for twenty minutes before the interview even started, all he wanted to do, and the reason I bring it up, because I'm sure you've been speaking about this in your podcast today, is that the first thing Kerry said, weren't he? He went, Did you watch the game last night? We're like, Yeah, he went Fucking hell, Conor Gallagher. That was the first thing he said. And we just sat there for 20 minutes talking about Gallagher, how much he loves him, what he does off the ball, why he should be valued. And I'm not sure what you guys think, but I absolutely love the kid. Oh, exactly. And we, 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 spent, we all do, Gary. We all do. Well, we, we spent, I mean, it was, as always with this show, it was completely off topic and not on script. But we spent about 10 minutes uh, trying to figure out why the hell they would want to sell this guy because he's 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 brilliant absolutely brilliant talking to joe cole i mean it's funny you say that because every time you hear him or or, or or see him on bt sports he does actually more than them doesn't he but he's quite often on the uh, tnt coverage isn't he he's always bigging connor up it's so obvious that he, he's a real fan of his but did he did he talk much about his punditry the reason i ask is because i think i think joe cole i mean obviously i'm completely and utterly biased but i uh you know i can look at it with a professional eye and and i'd say he's an extremely good pundit did you get a chance to talk to him about any of that 
No, yeah, we, 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 we didn't really go into it too much. Uh, we kept on the, the, the trouble is you, you, you're always worried that if you don't concentrate on what you've got to get and, and actually what happened with Joe was, it was another case of, we had a certain amount of questions, but they just kept opening up to other discussion points. And I think that really it was more about get everything you can about Chelsea and, and being a footballer for Chelsea and your career um, than, than concentrating on the other side. Because otherwise, you, you know what it's like. If you don't hone it just a little bit, you, you're off and away. And, and you, you know, you can be down a rabbit hole before you know it. And it's great at the time. And then you listen back and you go, uh, oh, we should have yeah. asked something else. Don't worry. We'll, we'll, we'll ask him that when we get him at the Troubadour, won't we, JK? Yep. Yeah. You should come down to a few of these. I know, I, I know you're busy boys, but we've, we've been having a lot of fun having these post-match gigs at the Troubadour, getting some of the old guys there. I mean, we had Kenny Swain and Jock Finiston the other week, and they were hilarious. But the, I think the best one the best one was Kerry and Tommy Langley, because, that, I mean, Kerry was nuts. <laughs> That's the only Kerry, way I can describe Kerry's it. Great. <laughs> Kerry is great every time. He he's, just, he's almost like a stand-up. Fantastic. Yeah. He, he had a few beers. Jock, Jock's a good old boy as well. I yeah. played with him once, you know. Really? Bloody hell. Chelsea old boys against Charlton. And we won one nil. I say we. Um, and Jock Finiston's son was playing, and I got the assist. Well, there we go. And all, all the, and um, John Bumstead played, and he played the first half for Chelsea, second half for Charlton. Yeah. yeah. And uh, all the Charlton players were complaining because they had some young whippersnappers in the old boys team, which was me, Dave Besson's son, and Jock Finiston's son. Brilliant. For once, I looked good. I was running around all these like fifty-five, sixty-year-olds, and I was brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Uh, Gary, like, oh, can I say Kenny Swain is one of my favourite favourite players. Me both, you and me both, Kerry. Yeah. When we sold him, it was like a tragic oh, day. Yeah. Uh, I I would say, okay, here we go. This is how much it would mean to me. Kenny Swain being sold, Graham Lasso being sold, and uh, Conor Gallagher being sold would all rank as terrible, terrible decisions by a football club. Two of them have happened. The third doesn't need to. Pat Nevin, you... can you include that one, Pat Nevin? Yeah, well? I yes. I mean, yes, of course. Um, but Lasso was such a shock because I watched him from the moment he made his debut and and seen him and he, he just he felt... He threw his shirt down. He threw his I shirt. Know, he respected I... the shirt, Kerry. Well, yes, um, but... Can I, can I add one in there? Yeah. Go on, then. I don't know how popular this will be. He might want to punch me. Mason Mount. And I punch you. And some fell on stony ground. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, no, I don't just, know. I'm, I don't gut, know. I'm gutted he's at Man United. I know. He but... should be at Chelsea. He's a Chelsea boy. He never plays for I know, them. But that's he's, 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 in, he's still injured, 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 isn't he? I'll oh, tell, tell you what. I'll tell you what. It's funny that you chose those three, Kerry, because I've only cried twice when players have been sold. The first one was Ray Wilkins. He was my first kind of Chelsea hero. And the second was Pat Nevin. Uh, but other than that, I've I've been very adult about it. Derek so, Kevin, <laughs> Derek Kevin, Robert Derek. Fleck. I don't, I don't think. I mean, <laughs> Joe you, Allen. You, David you Mitchell. Mention all these guys, but when Aussie went, that that yeah. was that was horrendous. Before well, my we went time, in the same off. summer as um, Thingy as well, didn't he? he went to Stoke. Yeah, Adam Hudson, Hudson. They both went together, didn't yeah. they? That, yeah. But Aussie more than Hudson. Yeah. Oh yeah, without a doubt, I'd agree with that. 
I, you see, these are memories that I'm trying to block out still. Mm, like, no. George Graham, George Graham. Yeah, you you were still upset you, about you, that. You were gutted about Barry Bridges, weren't yeah. you? I was. Jimmy Jimmy Greaves. Then I was going to say, yeah. as Chidge has been watching Chelsea so long, you remember when Jimmy Greaves got sold, yeah, right? Yeah, it's amazing. Can, cause, I, cause... can I just bring 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 it back to these guys? So, I mean, the series is fantastic. I mean, if you love Chelsea, I, I, but I think on a different level, I think you can actually listen to them as sports documentaries. Yeah. You don't have to be a Chelsea fan, but obviously it helps. The one thing I I, I find amazing, and it, it's the same with the the, the gigs that, that Chish does at the Troubadour, is how many of our ex-players just love us. Mm. Just, you know, it doesn't matter where they've gone to. It doesn't matter, you know, what their career trajectory has been after they've been with us. There is so much affection for this club. And I, and I don't think I'm being, well, I am being being biased because obviously it's my club but I, I was talking to somebody uh, at work um who's a West Ham fan and basically we're talking about Declan Rice and you know the reception he got and I said to him I said it is amazing but the majority of players that come back to Chelsea always get a good reception you know like the William I mean William is playing really well for a team that we're only just above and yet he got his name, such you know, sung to the rafters the other week. Diego Costa, I mean, obviously he was well past his best. But even if he would have scored a hat-trick that day, you know, his name was ringing out. When Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank came back with Middlesbrough, scored, and the bloody fans applauded the goal. I mean... I don't know how many other clubs are like this. I mean, the only person that I can remember getting absolutely utter dog's abuse when he came back was Courtois. And Gallus and Gordon Jury. Well, they, they, they went to Tottenham, so there, there is no, there's no excuse. no excuse for that. That absolutely. doesn't count. You go to Tottenham, you get what you want. But, you know, you say that, Carlo Cudicini, he went to Tottenham. People still yeah, love that's him. That's true, that's true, yeah. But he, he did it by accident. And and he shipped what was it six goals in a semi final yeah, against us yeah, you know, so. yeah, it's, uh, yeah. five yeah, five yeah, yeah. yeah exactly I tell you he did get dogs abuse this season though Clayton um, when he came off the bench from Man City was Kovacic there was a there was a guy sat next to Kerry in the West End giving him complete abuse weren't there Kerry yeah but yeah. but not not you know Who gen- was that generally yeah <laughs> no, it was me it was me because I despised the guy. Uh, it was indeed uh, Gary. Yeah, but I it's mean, most animated. I've seen him all year. Generally, he didn't. <laughs> generally, he didn't. Um, no, 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 no. Boys, I just one one final point actually, which I think Clayton or J.K. Uh, you know mentioned really, but again, listening to it uh, recently, and I, I've got a real cob on at the moment about the current ownership for people who have yet to be discovered in the Amazon rainforest and haven't heard. But um, I did listen to these again, and I was thinking. You know the one the one issue that the that the club has or the people who run the club have at the moment is they have absolutely no inkling of what this club is about and what its culture is about and what its identity is about. They would do very well to be a bit. You know, remember the Clockwork Orange where they used to make them watch uh, videos and they used to have those metal clamps to keep their eyes open. They need to be put in a in a chair and strapped to it and have speakers attached to their ears and be forced to listen to this non-stop for the next year so that they can actually understand why this club is what it is about and why it's important. Because what you've done is so good. It, 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 that, that's all it would take, mate, I think. Thank Appreciate you. That, Chidge. Yeah, we do know yeah. Todd Bowley's listened to the Ken Bates interview. Has he? Hope he, yeah, hasn't, he, I hope he um, hasn't picked up any tips. 
Yeah, because uh, we were chatting to someone and they went, oh, Todd listened to this and um, he didn't realise Ken Bates was that sort of character and he he, he thinks that you dealt with him really well. Uh, we're like, oh, oh, pass our you know, yeah. thanks on to Todd and maybe he can come on and do a blueprint tape with us and well, tell us what he actually wants to do here. They, would, they, they, could, have vetoed, they could have vetoed you being in the programme, you know, if they disliked that, couldn't they? They could have said, not yeah. having him. That was, yep. that was a nice article on you in, in the uh, in the program. It was. Uh, oh, there was, wasn't there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, they could do oh, a lot you worse. You only Kerry. Sorry, you. Who are you talking to? Sorry, was that Kerry? You, you were, to? No, you were and in the you. program. Oh, sorry, oh, sorry. Sorry, oh. Kerry. sorry. Oh, sorry. Yeah, oh, I, I suddenly him. forgot. No, 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 I thought you said Kerry because I was like, oh, I want to read that. He didn't tell me this. No, yeah, no. I'll say it again. Take two. I'll do that again. Again. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I've forgotten the uh, the context. Also, what I was looking because you're you're laid out as your fifth in my in my Zoom panel, so you're down there. So I was doing that. Doing he's thinking, down there so, for because me as the well. problem is the problem is JK because you were looking down there. I thought yeah, you were yeah. looking at Kerry because I'm used yeah, to looking yeah. down. So, at I, I realised that now. I was just you know, being silly. No, I was saying that I was if um, <laughs> if they'd objected to your um, to your speaking to uh, uh, the way you did the interview with Todd, you wouldn't have been in the program. They'd have, they'd have vetoed it, wouldn't they? They would have said no, we're not having him. So they were not having him, they'd have said. Yeah. Do you buy the program then? Gary, actually. It wasn't worth repeating. But yeah, I, do I buy, yeah, I get, I get given it free. I get given it free because oh, I okay. sit in the posh seat. So actually you don't buy the program. It's good that you read it though, because I, I do think it's actually a good program. But I um, didn't read it. I was handed it and somebody said, look at this bloke in here. And I went, it's Gary. <laughs> <laughs> look at this mug. Mark Meehan was in it as well. He's one of our, our guests. Every, uh, um, um, he's not a guest. guest. He was, yeah, he, he oh, was in. He yes, was in sorry. the Newcastle game. He's part of the show. That's right. He's in the Newcastle game, and he was in. He was my guest in Aussies, where I sit, and I had the great joy of wandering around behind him with his picture in the program. Going, look, I said, look, look, what I've got in here. Look, 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 Mark Meehan, the great Mark Meehan. It's the chairman of the supporters trust. Look, everybody, look, look, look. And everybody ignored me. But, you know, that's the way it goes in Aussies. You know, No, they didn't. Well, they were very pleased. They were very pleased. The, the reason I know Mark was in the Newcastle game is because I was meant to go in the Newcastle game because <sighs> I'd got my nephew tickets because it was his birthday. So he went and I said to him, oh, can you put me in then? They went, yeah, yeah, we'll put you in so that your nephew sees it that day. And then I got a call a week before and I went, we're really sorry, but um, we can't put you in there. I said, why? I goes, because Mark Meehan's going in. <laughs> so he got, I got bumped down for Mark to go in. <laughs> Quite right, too. Quite right, too. There what you is... go. There's the natural order at work. I, yeah. I, I, yeah. I, if, I, if I say anything, I'll be in trouble. Um, boys, uh, I don't need to wish you luck with this because uh, it'll be brilliant and everybody's going to love it. I know that. I mean, thank you so much for allowing us to, to play part one of the JT tapes on Patreon. I think that's a really sweet thing to do. Um, but hopefully uh, we will catch up again soon because it'd be lovely to see you, possibly even for a beer. That would be even nicer. Uh, when, are you, when are you back from the States, Gary? I get back on the 14th of March. Right, right. So my first home game back, I think, is Burnley on the 30th of March. Burnley, yeah. Are you managing to watch any of the... Uh, the oh, Kerry, yeah, Kerry's, been... Kerry's got his Caribou Cup yeah, tickets. One Lovely. of them's mine. Where, that's what one of them's mine. Well, how can you... Well, you can't buy a ticket. It. You won't be back in time, mate, because it's on the 23rd no, no, of February. I'm missing it. Well, I'll, have, I'll yeah. have your ticket then. So <laughs> yeah. I'm, going, I'm going to Philadelphia to watch that. So you, um, you so would literally rather be in Philadelphia? Well, I'm going to watch it with the Philly Blues... But I've been watching all the games in New York at Legends Bar. Oh, brilliant. Uh, it's, oh, it's been an amount. I was telling Kerry about it earlier. I don't know how long, much longer we got, but I, I will swear as well. I've been getting really pissed. 
at like three in the <laughs> afternoon watching the games with us, being amazing, and then stumbling through like because the, the stadiums, uh, the, the stadium, the pub is on Thirty Third Street, yeah. right below the Empire State. So I come out there pissed, walking down the street singing Chelsea and and everything before I get um, on the the train back to New Jersey. But it's been great. I've been hanging out with all the boys there. The neat, are the neat still um, around? Sorry, say again. Is Mike Neat and all of that lot still around? Uh, you know what? Um, I haven't met those boys, but they do still hang around. Yeah. But then there's there's a geezer called Pat McCready I've been hanging around with. Yeah. Um, he's an older boy. But but funnily enough, on Saturday for the City game, um, I'm going to go with Dan Dormer. No Dan way. Has just mo- Dan has just moved to New York City. Has he? And I was chatting to him and I was like, well, we need to go get pissed and watch Chelsea. So yeah. anyone that's in New York, go to Legends Bar because it is a Chelsea pub. Yeah. And it's amazing because... They're lightweights, by the way, mate. Actually, I, you know, I was about to tell you a story about what yeah, happened Yeah, but so is Gary. Is he? Yeah, he can't drink. That's not proper Chelsea, mate. I'm sorry. <laughs> give, 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 me, give me two and I'm anyone. Well, then, you and Dan will get all fine, mate. <laughs> give, give me three and, yeah, it, get, it gets a bit crazy. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, there you go. But, um, but yeah, it's been, it's been really, really good. So, good. basically, um, they, they, you know, they're really dedicated as well because, you know... Um, the, the Wolves game the other week, that was a 9 a.m. kickoff for us. Yeah. Um, although I didn't go to that because I was too pissed on the night before and I got the first train out of New York to New Jersey. So I was in bed when that happened. But they get up and they're on yeah, it yeah, at yeah. 9 a.m. Yeah, mate. You know, it's, I watched I watched a game good. in uh, the Fox and Hounds in Studio City many years ago. Uh, and that was a 7 o'clock kickoff. And there was I getting tucked into a few pints at seven in the morning with my full English breakfast. It was a wonderful experience. <laughs> Can't remember what happened yeah, in the great. football, but it's hardly surprising, really, is it? But there you go. Boys, it's been super to see you. I'm gonna, I mean, we're going to kind of close out the show now, so, so I'm not going to say goodbye, bugger off, and that you can, you can put up with us screaming up the chels because that's the least I can do for you. Um, but it's been brilliant having you on again. I hope we get you on again soon. I hope we see you again soon, actually, because it'd be lovely to see you. It's nice to bump into you guys at the matches occasionally so there we go um have you enjoyed this jk and clay isn't lovely having them on isn't it that's Uh, fantastic uh, absolutely brilliant yeah uh, yeah it certainly is and best of luck with uh, the blueprint i know no pay no attention to me pay no attention to me did you enjoy i said no you know, ignore me. You went, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah it's it's amazing, isn't it? All these years, you know, I've learned how to tune you out that successfully. You, you, it's incredible. You tune me out. You tune no, me no, out. It's great. I've of got... course, of course, it's enjoyable to have them on. Why do you ask that question? Well, Ridic- because I th- thought I'd better ask you and see what you thought, really, you know, as you're I'm here. I'm just really jealous because yeah, yeah. Gary's in my favourite place in, in the whole world. I, I meant to ask you about, um, did, did uh, John Terry mention your book, Gary, by any chance? Does he know about your book? Gary made me not mention it. I, I said, I said to if him, you don't get me a cup of tea now, Gary, I'm going to tell him about the book. But don't mention the book. Don't mention the book. No, that's I we've got to do the interview because, you know, I, I don't want to upset him. Well, there's nothing in it that's bad. But no, he, thankfully, he doesn't know about it. It's out of print now as well, thankfully, because <laughs> uh, it's sold out. I don't know who to, but yeah, there you go. But yes, but I am changing the subject. I am in Rutherford and I'm wearing my Bruce Springsteen tour hoodie as well brilliant brilliant right you guys have been fantastic lovely to have you on uh we've had a lot of fun tonight as you can uh, obviously hear uh we will be back on friday with me and jk of course oh, am i on oh, you good. are yeah 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 you are definitely on uh and the smut buddies smut buddies are back tony and alex tony glover alex churchill are back 
together. Well, we've, got, we've got four on. I know. There's a reason for this. There is a reason for this, all right? Because of the tour. Yes. Uh, we'll be back at 7.30pm on Friday. We're going to be looking ahead to Saturday's match away to City, of course. Uh, and the reason we've got the Smart Buddies back, I mean, mainly Alex, it should be said, because we are going to have a, a good old chat about the forthcoming Chelsea Fancast World War One Battlefield Tour this summer, or piss up, if you prefer. Uh, see how much Belgian beer Chidge can drink this time. Uh, but Alex is, I mean, she's a military historian and she organises the whole thing and she's brilliant. So she can give you all of the other stuff about it that, that will hopefully convince you to part with your hard-earned cash and come and have a lot of fun with us for a weekend in June. So uh, do tune into that one. Uh, right, very quickly, um, we may or may not do an in-off-the-post this week. I haven't quite decided whether I have the time tonight, but uh, if we do, I will let you know. But if you want your email read out on the show, let me have them. The email address is chelseafancast at gmail.com, uh, and you can follow the show on all the social media at Chelsea Fancast. Me at Stanfordshire, Jonathan at Jonathan Kidd, and Clayton at Goalie59. And while we're at it, where can we find you lot on the socials and wherever else we need to find you, Kerry? Well, Gary's the one with all the addresses. He is our uh, technical advisor. Okay, Gary, where do we find you lot? Blueprint underscore pod. Or for me, it's uh, Gary with two R's, Hayes on Twitter. There we go. That's all you need to know. Right. JK. Uh, Actually, I should say goodbye to our guests first. Kerry, lovely having you on. Thank you for coming on and talking about the blueprint again. Absolute pleasure. Really enjoyed it. It's nice to catch up with you all and hope we do it again soon. Yeah, absolutely. Gary, always lovely to see you. I mean, you know, because I responded immediately, which is very unlike me, but you, you made my day sending me that little message about Joe Cole. I absolutely roared with laughter. It was brilliant. And great to see you again, obviously, mate. Well, we appreciate you all giving the time up to let us come on as well. So appreciate that. Ah, Thank pleasure. you very much. It's Lo- been fun. Lovely, lovely having you on. Uh, Clayton, always lovely to see you, my friend. Hopefully I will get to see you soon. Yeah, absolutely lovely to be on and a special treat with these guys as well. Absolutely right, definitely. And uh, last but by no means least, the absolute oh. legend, the oh. uh, the leader of the Tuchel and Bugle firm, <laughs> Mr. Jonathan Kidd. Oh, I'm, I'm very pleased to be here after that experience. I know, I know. We thought we'd lost you. I saw your report on WhatsApp and I'd yeah. been trampled to death by a load of bugle you know bugle boys unloving chelsea fans who and the the problem guys is that is that every time i go to away games and we score i get lifted up by youth who seem to think i'm some kind of granddad figure i think and they just bounce me up and down all the time they just miss you as stanford the yeah, they seen the stanford stanford the old Stanford around me symbolically somewhere the old stanford outfit and uh no, last night when Disazi threw himself into the crowd, into the into the crowd, there was an enormous surge down the stairs, which I was caught up in, and uh, I knocked some poor bloke over trying to escape, and I smashed to the ground. And I thought, when I landed on him, I thought, well, at least I'm all right. Oh, I wonder how he is. And he, and he actually said, uh, he, he got up and said, "You all right, mate?" And I thought, yeah, oh, he's about thirty. He realizes I'm an old bloke. That's what it yeah. is. But uh, but he was lovely. A guy called Phil, giving him a, a name yeah. check again. And, um, yeah, so we, we were just slightly worried about whether I'd survive that. But yeah. um, uh, I have, and you here know, I am. Thinking of it, I think I think Dezazi was basically looking for you, mate, when he when he did a bit of a crowd surf. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah, well, he, somebody, he, somebody told him, they said, that the legend of the Chelsea fan bite is over there. I need to go and hug him, is what was going somebody on. Somebody actually, um, as they were leaving, said, I got to kiss Dezazi. I got to kiss him. 
he said pushing everybody out of the way while he did it and i thought yeah that was you know that's if that's if homoerotic had, if nothing else hey absolutely fans want to do that good luck to them you know? we're not going to judge i did home. i did i did we're not going to judge right uh Brilliant, JK. Lovely to see you, mate, as always. Uh, you lot out there, particularly the Mixler mob, uh, thanks for listening. Uh, we will see you on Friday. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, and keep it chills. From the chills! Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.